Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti Amonre, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Uh, i got my brother Ravana Noon uh, with us. Also, Brother Sargidi should be joining us shortly. Um, before we begin, as usual, uh, we'd like to introduce ourselves. So, Brother Ravana Noon, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Brother. Sure. Uh, this is Brother Ravana Noon. Uh, as always, a, a brief, quick introduction. Uh, as you know by now, if you don't, we uh, walk many different spiritual paths, traditions, religions, uh, from Islam to Rastafarian to uh, everything in between you can imagine and think of. And I share that so I can let people know that um, we are sharing our experiences from going inside organizations, sacred orders, secret societies, whatever you want to call them, to practicing on our own and walking this path, which eventually leads you to self-mastery, self-determination, self-actualization, self-control. So that is uh, my brief introduction. All right. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, same thing for myself, Brother Beniti. Uh, we've we've walked similar paths, and the, and the key thing is the experience aspect of it. That's that's critical, uh, not mandatory, but it, it it is a key element if you're going to come to a conclusion or a judgment. Uh, say per se, as my brother mentioned, on uh, sacred societies or or secret societies, fraternal orders, you should get the experience because we've noticed in over the years in our study and dealing with people, most people are spooked the fuck out when it comes to masonry or the Order Templi Orientis, or the Rosicrucian Order, um, because they just get indoctrinated with bullshit that they've either read or what people have told them, and they don't have the experience of it. Um, so we're not saying that you need to join those orders, that is mandatory, but if you really want uh, the, the real conclusion of what they're based on so you can come to the decision yourself, not based on what somebody's telling you, we do suggest you get the experience on that level. That's, that's the difference. Um, but again, we've all pretty much walked that the, the same paths. Um, I see we got my brother Sargidi joining us. Brother Sar, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, go ahead, brother. Peace, this brother Sargidi. And <clears throat> as I've said on many other shows, I have walked and am walking many different paths. And from my experience of these paths, Keyword experience, these paths lead to the knowledge of self or self-mastery. That's what it all boils down to. These paths are just nothing but gates to help you along the way to yourself. That's what it all boils down to. You know, not self, not self on a superficial level, because sometimes people consider their true selves 
as their superficial self, not the not the self that you created a personality for, <clears throat> not the self that you know is your human mindset, but the true self where it all begins. But um, that's what I want to say for now. Peace. Appreciate that, brother. And again, just to go over the uh, rules of engagement, this is an occult, metaphysical slash alchemy show. It's not a religious show. It's not a Bible show. It's not a Quranic show. Uh, To put it bluntly, straight to the point, uh, we couldn't give two flying shits about religion. We're not interested in any spook, fictitious belief systems such as Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. most of the listeners know that, but occasionally every once in a blue moon you get some religious knucklehead that wants to come in here and save the world, and then they usually leave with their feelings hurt. So this is an occult metaphysical show. If that's not your topic of interest, then I suggest you leave right now um, because that's what this show is about. Uh, and just to reiterate what my brother said, um, and since we're dealing with uh, the dark side of alchemy this evening, uh, which is going to be key and prevalent into really uh, connecting with some of the last several shows we did because, again, uh, we want to make it clear, all of us that do this show, the aforementioned orders, all of us here are 33rd degree Masons, uh, members of the Order Templi Orientis, the Rosicrucian Order, the Martinist. Again, we're not saying that to say that it's mandatory that people join those orders. We're going to put that out there because of what we're going to get ready to talk about tonight. We're saying that because if you want the experience and you want to make that decision or come to that conclusion on your own of what it's really all about, then I suggest you do that. Don't be, again, a book, you know, person that just bases their decision on what they read and not incorporating the personal experience into it. That's the, that's the point that we're trying to make. So when we're dealing with alchemy and magic, uh, we're coming from a multitude of different perspectives uh, not just alone from from experience in those mystical orders or fraternal orders or secret societies, but also incorporating our own personal experience into it. That's where one, you know, actually makes the transformation as the alchemist or the alchemist does. And the only way you can make that transformation uh, to what we want to call, for a lack of a better word, the highest self, is by building up those experiences. That's the key. Okay, and this is also ties into the concept that you hear us say on a regular basis about doing the work. You have to be a practitioner, which, as we know, comes from the root word to practice. If you're not a practitioner, then, again, you're not putting anything into practice, so nothing can get done. Um, The show basically, and and as we call it, Awakening Universal Minds, is for that purpose, just what the show titles, to awaken up your mind, but at the same token, not for ourselves or anybody else to do the work for you, but for you to do the work for yourself. So basically you take the information and it's basically up to you what you're going to do with it. You're either just going to go in one ear out the other, or you're going to actually take it and you're going to actually apply it. Uh, So now that we've gone over that, uh, just so everybody's clear on that, that's our little introduction. Um, So what we want to talk about tonight, since we've been dealing with this dark chaotic energy, uh, Let's clear the myths again for maybe some listeners that haven't tuned into some of these shows. When you hear the words dark, chaotic, if negative things come to your mind, then guess what? You're still under the spell of mental slavery. 
because that's not what we mean. So we want to get all the misconceptions and definitions out of individuals' minds that when they hear the word dark or chaotic, uh, that they dispel the myths that that's associated with they might personally term as being evil, okay, which that in itself doesn't exist. Because as we go back to the seven hermetic principles, one of the principles is the doctrine of vibration. So we know those are just varying degrees of vibration and energy that each individual, based on their personal experience, terms to themselves as being good or bad. And I stress the word to themselves because I might term something what one would say, quote, unquote, being bad, but that might be what might be bad for me may not be bad for the next person and vice versa. So we want to establish that. So the misconceptions, when we talk about dark, chaotic, we know in the darkness or chaotic there is no boundaries. It's unlimitless. There's no definition on it. There's no beginning. There's no end. That's what true dark alchemy represents. And as we've been talking about over the weeks, going through where some of these sacred societies connect to this or these fraternal orders, these are basically where these orders are trying to take you to, the unlimited potential of this dark chaotic energy or this dark alchemy. That's the purpose of these orders, taking you to a level uh, that has no definition to it, your, to reach your, your unlimited potential. Uh, that's the purpose of what dark side alchemy is really all about. Now, we, we've been talking about over the last several weeks, as you've heard the brothers all discuss the, the assassin order. We've been talking about the Sith order. Uh, we've been talking about all these orders that really fundamentally are based on the same principles, which is the power of self, which is not going outside of yourself looking for the divine essence of, if you want to call it the creator or whatever have it be, uh, not looking for anything outside of yourself, that it all resides within yourself. Uh, so if we could, brothers, let's, let's maybe uh, kind of discuss, uh, and maybe you brothers can add to what exactly is, in your terms, in your experience, uh, if you want to go first, Brother Bonamun, Dark Side Alchemy. Let's talk a little bit about that first. Sure. Uh, but before I begin, I just want to say I'm very spiritual tonight because I'm standing outside and look up and I see the Sirius Star Constellation. So, you know, I need to take a pic, put it on Facebook, and let people know I'm spiritual because it's actually straight over my house. So, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. So you're. So that means you're the chosen Messiah. And, and, and you got you you got to tell these dudes about the picture you sent me today, which yeah, I found I, I, fucking hilarious. Definitely, I'm going to get to that. Um, but, yeah, Hayrule's with us tonight, y'all. I just wanted to let you know the Messiah yeah. is here. But anyway, yeah. uh, so uh, here we go. Let's let's begin the show with this. I, w- I want to share this right here, okay? This says, those who understand others are intelligent. Those who understand themselves are enlightened. Those who overcome others have strength. And those who overcome themselves are powerful. And that's from chapter 33 of the Tao Te Ching. Now understand this. People will claim many things and many titles. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many titles you claim, how many attributes you want to attach to yourself or what you want to state that you are. Knowing yourself, mastering yourself, and controlling yourself is one of the greatest accomplishments you can achieve on this planet called Earth. 
And in order to do that, you have to be willing to experience life. But before I experience life, I have to be able to experience myself within this life. Now, what does that mean? Well, uh, one of the things we run into and encounter on the spiritual path is that we encounter people of extreme ideologies, philosophies, and personality types. You'll have those who go extremely to the left, and they're the master of whatever, and they're the dark master of this, or they're the evil guide, twisted master, whatever. And then you go extremely to the right, and you have people who are extremely spooky and spiritual and want to float on top of a a mountain, and that's a mystical experience to them. However, to really understand this situation, you have to understand that in order to tap into your divinity, you must tap into your humanity. You can only tap into your divinity through your your humanity. What does that mean? Let's really understand this. When I'm saying tap into humanity, I'm saying tap into the very things that you run from on a daily basis. For example, most people, I'm not saying all, most people that are single choose to be single for various reasons, as they'll tell you. But when you get deep down to the nitty-gritty and go inside them and find out why they're really single, it is because, one, they're afraid to be hurt. Two, they're failures at relationships because they have no idea how to love themselves so they don't love anybody else. Three, they're manipulators and abusers and users. And you can continue adding on to that. So many people that are single, don't get it twisted. Oh, I choose to be single. You chose to be single because you failed in relationships. And you'll say readily and quickly, those same people will say, yeah, but it was his fault or her fault. No, it was your fault just as much as that person because you have to take responsibility for this. And what you don't understand is that the reason why there's problems in the relationship because there's problems within you. You're a broken person. Sorry to put it blunt and straightforward like that, but you're a broken person. What do I mean by being broken? Well, I'll put it this way. When you are in a relationship and you feel like you got to save the person you're with, in reality, the reason why you're trying to save that person is because you're trying to mend your broken ways through that person. Simply, you are trying to be the hero to them because you can't be the hero to yourself. So you figure, well, fuck it, let me save somebody else because I'm all fucked up. (laughs) You don't realize it's because you are fucked up, you're really fucking that person up even more. Okay? So we have to understand these situations because all of this dwells and goes back to the subconscious mind and the reality that it creates. You cannot, and let me stress this, you cannot bypass the programming and conditioning of your subconscious mind. It is very simple, and I'm going to give you a simple example. If you don't believe this, go check it out for yourself and do the studies. When you're young, 
9, 10, 11, 12, probably like 12, 13, whatever, right? And you first start hit, reaching that age of puberty where you find the opposite sex attractive. The first person that you come in contact with, meaning of the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever your preference is, that's your choice. No judgment here, okay? And whatever it is that you first are attracted to, usually that person is a reflection of somebody in your family. And all throughout your life you have this specific type of woman, man, or whatever that you're attracted to, and that is because your subconscious mind had a groove recorded in it, and now it plays it back. And if you really sit back and step back, you will really see that just about everybody you've ever dated was the same. Some way, somehow, they had the same characteristics, same physical characteristics, on and on and so forth. And this is because usually the first person you have an attraction to is now replicated throughout time. That's because right. Your subconscious mind is creating the reality, and it's creating the reality of the first moment you felt pleasure, physical pleasure, of something that you found attractive. And this keeps playing itself out over and over. People don't understand this because they'll say, yeah, but I just, it's not that I have a type. Yes, you do. Most people have types. What happens is, can you step outside of the type? Because if you stay within the type, that means you are in that subconscious mind repetitively playing back the program that has been placed in it. And this type is also influenced by the media, music, television, you know, uh, videos, YouTube, and on and on and on. And you don't realize this, but it is. It's it's factual. And I'm going to give you an example. Why is it, my niggas? That if you're so pro-black, your woman is so pro-light. Let me repeat that again. Some of the most pro-blackest brothers have the pro-lightest woman. Why is that? Oh, brother, you know, they're still black. Yeah, I understand all that. But I'm I'm addressing your mentality and how you state the black woman is the goddess and this and this and that. But yet, brother, you're blue-black and your woman is very red-bone-light. See, that's a programming. Because somewhere in there, the process was played out for you that your woman has to look like this if you're dark-skinned. Okay? Second, please, brothers, and sisters, if you're so pro-black and you're wearing motherfucking African beads that are the size of your fucking head, you're wearing a fucking ankh or a fucking African continent on you, and then you got a bracelet that's the size of your forearm, and you got, and then you got these rings that are so pro-culturally black, and then you stupid ass didn't realize how pro-black you are. You're taking a picture of yourself in the car, and we see the drive through sign for Mickey D's. <laughs> Let's say it again, in case y'all missed it. This brother has a Malcolm X hat on, a baseball cap with an X. Now, mind you, it's a baseball cap. How African is that? Wait a second. Let me say this one more time. It's a baseball cap. 
How African is that? Oh, let me forget. You're going to say, oh, yeah, well, see, baseball was created in Egypt. Whatever, nigga. Listen. You have a baseball cap with the X on it, okay? And then you have bees, big fucking African bees that are the size of your forehead and your face, practically. Then you have a big African continent at the end of that. Then you have a bracelet the size of your forearm. And then you have all these rings that are onks and other stuff. And then you forget, as pro-black as you are, nigga, you sitting in Mickey D's drive-thru. And you can see the picture, and you can see the drive-thru sign plain as day. Now, that's, that, that's that holy Big Mac, brother. He's eating yeah. the spirits of Big Mac. It's an African Big Mac, brother. You know, they have they put an African dashiki on the outside box of that. So that, that made it acceptable for that day. But, yeah, they fed, they fed it African grass too, brother. Yeah, so now let's address this. You see, your subconscious mind wants to be so black. Well, your conscious mind, let me say, let, let me correct that. Your conscious mind wants to be so pro-black, so African. But your subconscious mind has got programming in it. And it just That's manifested right. itself. When you took this picture, you thought you looked like the shit, nigga. Don't tell me you did it, because I've been there, done that years ago. Right. Your dumbass forgot to say, oh, shit, I'm in a fucking drive through to McDonald's. Some wise <laughs> motherfuckers are going to really look and analyze that picture and say, look at this dumb shit. Okay. But these are hey, these are the same Negroes that want to overthrow the white man system. But yeah. yet, here you got this clown with proof that he the very system that he's claiming that he wants to change consciously, but subconsciously the nigga's still addicted to McDonald's. But anyway, I find that shit ironic. But go ahead. Yeah. So <clears throat> our subconscious mind plays this groove back over and over and over. And the problem is that most of you Negroes run from your subconscious mind. You run from this part of yourself because you've been taught to avoid hurt, to avoid pain, and all the other things that come with it. Who were you taught by? Your mom, your dad, your uncle. I thought that was being spiritual, brother. No, that's called being stupid. And let me explain why. If you get a book called Reality Works, I mean, yeah, reality works. Live it, okay? By Chandra Alexander. She states in there, pointly states that Buddha, Buddha's a real master. And let me explain why she said that. Because Buddha had tasted nirvana and tasted all these shits of great spiritual enlightenment and transformation. And his ass decided to stay here with your monkey ass, Okay? And he wanted to stay here to experience what pain and suffering is, to experience what all these things are so best be able to assist people to get through their own stupidity or their own pain or their own suffering. You understand? He chose that. And the problem is that I've realized, and these other brothers on the show have realized, and many other people I've shared and conversed with, what we've come to realize is that niggas run from that. And why do they run? Because they're fucked up. And why are they fucked up? Because they refuse to deal with what they're fucked up about. So instead of dealing with that, they will say things like, Fuck humanity. You don't need humanity. 
You're trying to elevate past humanity. Well, let me share something with you. Yeah, brother, fuck that human shit, nigga. Yeah, let me share this again with you. It is through your humanity that you become divine. It is through experiencing pain, suffering, hurt, pleasure, joy, happiness, and all these other things that you experience divinity. Because you will realize that at the end of the day, what you term as joy or sadness was reality, a vibration of the same thing. It was how you perceived the situation that brought the onslaught of one of those emotions, which is really the same thing. And now, when you really get down to the nitty-gritty, you start to find out, well, goddamn, why the hell are these occultists, these alchemists, these all these spooky-ass fuckers that want to claim to be gurus because they read 10 books last night, and I'll say they got it all figured out, and they want to run from the reality and tell you, fuck humanity, you, humanity's pettiness, it is through understanding humanity, humanity's pettiness that you can transform and become divine. That's now, right. why is that? Well, first of all, I cannot tell you about a relationship if I haven't experienced the joy and the pain of that relationship. Okay? So anybody who comes and tells you, listen, brother, or listen, sister, I have the answer to your relationship situation. Bullshit. Nigga, if you ain't experienced this shit, if you haven't been in a relationship longer than six months, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. Okay? Because the problem is, y'all always trying to give people some relationship advice, and the most and the longest some of y'all niggas been in a relationship is a year. Please. You cannot learn shit in a year. You learn enough, but but you're not going to learn a lot in a year. that's the problem, though, is a lot of folks are trying to use spirituality to compensate for other shit in their life. Exactly. That's right. That's right. They always will, too. This is what they do. Because we're on the topic of subconscious, so we have to go there. You're fucked up. You have uh, an acceptance issue where you want to be accepted by anything and everybody. So you go to the extreme by buying these fucking big-ass African bees and all this shit, but yeah, you're sitting at McDonald's. Just thought I'd throw it in again. But anyways, right? So you're sitting there, you do this extreme absurd shit and don't even realize that <laughs> you're doing all this stuff, but you still fucked up. You still ain't figured it out. See, you're doing all this outer layer stuff. You're painting you know, your body, you're uh, wearing costumes, you know, you're a, a, a fucking incarnation of a Lysa Crowley or some crazy-ass, stupid-ass, extreme shit. <laughs> when in reality, nigga, you're the incarnation of yourself. Get it right. Stop twisting. You're an incarnation of yourself. Stop running from the fact that you're fucked up and you got issues, Okay. Because why do why do niggas, niggas got to be something special all the time? Why can't they just be a person, you know, called, living life? That's called the suffering of the post-traumatic syndrome. If I feel and, like I'm nothing and never have been anything, I then have to create an alter ego to be something and be everything. Right. When in reality, I'm what I'm really suffering from is low self-esteem. I'm suffering from the... Lack of self-actualization, yep. self-realization, oh. and suffering from these things. So in order to find 
uh, an avenue for me to be accepted and loved and, and appreciated by people. I have to create this extreme shit. Go on fucking House of Consciousness. Go on YouTube or any other avenue that listens to me because the people that come to listen to me are just as hurt and fucked up as I am. So then I go on there and vent my frustration against every white person on the planet Earth, every other race, nationality, culture on the planet Earth. I vent my frustration against all these people when in reality my frustration is directed within myself. And what I'm doing is taking it out on everything and everybody else. That's right. I become extreme, and I'm the pro-black master who sits on a soapbox on a corner of 42nd Street yelling at every white person that walks down the street. Okay? Yep. And then calling them devils and this, this, that. Okay, here's the question they, for you pro they, they New York Egyptians, brother. New York Egyptians, brother. Yeah, but here's a question for you pro-black <laughs> doodle heads. Okay? <laughs> the question is as such. Why, my my people... Why? Why do you feel that you need to belittle another race, nationality, ethnic group, culture, or anybody else to make yourself feel better? Why do you feel that the white man is the devil? And not only that, why do you feel the white man is genetically inferior? At the end of the day, can you scientifically prove anything besides regurgitating what Dr. Richard King or what uh, Carol Barnes said? I think that was her name, Carol Barnes. Okay, or or Dr. Ben, or Dr. Ben, or anybody? Can you scientifically prove? Hey, real quick, brother, brother Ramon, on Dr. Ben. I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Ben. And and with all due respect to Dr. Ben, if you go back, which was very disappointing to me, they basically gave the brother a Christian burial in a church. Yeah. Which well, uh, when I when I ask people about that shit, that got the dumbest response. That was a damn church. That was a Christian ceremony. It was a disrespect to the man's legacy. A man who spent his whole entire life teaching about Africa, Nubia, and Egypt. And because his followers and family couldn't get on the same page, they go get this man a Christian burial and and elevated his spirit and soul inside a church of ghouls and demons. Yep. And nobody got no and nobody got no answer for that. But these are the same pro black niggas, as you just said a minute ago, that are taking photos of themselves looking all black with the McDonald's drive through behind them. Now again, we couldn't give a shit if you eat Big Macs or you don't. That's not the point, because I couldn't give a fuck if you eat Big Macs, you don't. My point is, if you're one of those pro-black Negroes that all you do is talking about overthrowing the white man and his system, don't make an ass of yourself and take a picture with all that shit on, and you chilling in the drive through McDonald's waiting for your fucking Big Mac. See, that's the fuck. This is, what, this is what this show is about, because these are individuals, you understand? These, these are individuals that basically want to stand up there and, and not deal with the inner depths of their subconscious mind or dark alchemy. Do you understand? Yeah. That's what this show is. You want to hear That's another fucking contradiction and oxymoron bullshit. Here's another one for you. How the fuck... How the fuck can you tell the world... Because when you're on social media, basically you're broadcasting to the world. just depends who, people, who reads it and who doesn't, right? How the fuck can you say... What I really want to be in my life is a yogi or mystic. <laughs> but activism is just something I do. Okay, 
first of all, activism. I can I can commend you if you're active if you're an active person and you're doing some activism work, okay? But don't tell me you're a yogi and mystic, which is union of oneness, and your active or your activism is pro-black, anti-white. Yep. Let me say this again. Don't tell me you're striving to be a yogi mystic, but activism is something you do. When activism that you're promoting is pro-blackness, which is automatically going to bring its illusory polar opposite of anti-whiteness, then how yogi and mystic are you? When the yogis or mystics strive for oneness, harmony. Exactly, exactly. You, it's, it's, this, this is why we address these things, because people don't understand their sickness, their neurosis, that exactly. psychosis. They don't understand that they're fucked up because you're not looking at yourself. And now let me address this, because... Some of y'all are probably listening to the show or these motherfuckers just talking a lot of shit and all this shit. They probably ain't done shit. Well, let me explain something. And I'm going to just speak about myself. The brothers, if they choose to, that's up to them. I've dealt with my shit and will always deal with my shit because every day you're on this planet is a new day you learn something new. Okay? So it never ends. However, when I say I've dealt with my shit, I've dealt into the deepest, demonic, most... Uh, darkest place of my being that you can ever dwell and and go deeply within. I've dealt with my power and control issues. I've dealt with my acceptance issues, my love issues. I've dealt with these things for years. And when I go in there, I'm talking about in, into a place where most of you niggas would run or be scared of. Okay, so when we speak on this show, we're speaking from experience, walking right. in different orders and facing yourself in initiation. Okay, we go, we know what it's like to be in the ante room, blindfolded, and you hear the sound of some stomping on the ground, and you're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Your fear rises to the surface, son. And when it rises mm-hmm. to the exactly. surface, you think of every goddamn, goddamn thing imaginable at that moment. You're like, what the fuck is that? Should I run? Should I hide? Should I take this shit off? Should I just get the fuck up out of here? This is some bullshit. I didn't sign up for this shit. Nah, but you strong, dude. Stay, stay. You see, your mind goes through all these things. And if you've never been initiated and all you've done is read a fucking book, you don't understand what that shit is like. This is why in Africa, in Asia, in all these other countries, I mean continents, and the different countries within those continents, they always had the rites of passage. They always had initiation rituals to signify that you've become a, from a boy or a girl to a man or a woman. You had to face your fears. You had to face the very thing you're deathly scared of. And when you face that, it allows you to transform because you tapped into your subconscious mind and you realized the very things that you're fearful of, that you put away, that you hid, that you didn't ever discuss. Y'all don't know 
what that's like. So, for all you conspiracy theorists, niggas, for all you pro whatever we want to be, niggas, don't say shit about Freemasonry unless you walk through that shit. That's don't right. tell me hmm. shit about it. Don't try to explain to me because you read a book, the Hiram Key, or whatever the fuck else you wanted to read. Do not tell me anything until you sit there and understand what it's like to stand, well, not stand, kneel on your fucking knee for over a fucking hour and somebody wants to keep repeating <laughs> the same goddamn fucking oath for an hour straight and your shit That's is ready right. to crumble. Okay? Don't trust me. Trust, trust like me. We we seen we seen the biggest niggas fall. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me what it's like to have mental fortitude when you have to withstand supreme heat, exhaustion, and make it through. And we'll share this with y'all because <clears throat> this is the dark side alchemy, the alchemy of yourself, of your subconscious mind, and the reality you create, because. Everybody I see wants to be an occultist and this or that. And y'all making this shit into a religion, y'all. A fucking religion. And it's become a disgrace. And let me tell you why I say that. Niggas will say, oh, you know, I got hurt in a relationship. What ritual should I do? Motherfucker, you need help. Fuck a ritual. (laughs) Okay? You need help. You need to go within yourself and deal with those issues that you have that are going to continuously manifest in relationship or relationship. I don't care how many candles, how many fucking circles you do, how many wand waving or anything else you do, that shit's not going to cure it. It's not going to fix it. It's not going to make it, it go take away. It, take, it, take, it, take it from a woman, and I share this, take it from a woman who went to India for 10 years of her life and sat under one of the great gurus over there named Muktananda for 10 years doing all kinds of spiritual disciplines. And when she came back and when she came back to the States, she found out I did all of this spiritual work, but I still got the same motherfucking issues. And guess what? I, I came back to the States. I don't know what the fuck to do now. Right. And here's, here's the, here's the book. It's called reality works. Let It Happen by Chandra Alexander. Yep. She she said she met Muta, Muta Kananda, right? Spiritual guru at the time. And when she went over there, this is funny, though, because this should remind me of myself and probably Benita and others of us will really understand this. She went over to India expecting this motherfucker to be some fucking space cadet, holy, holy roller, nigga. spiritual motherfucker that would float and levitate. <laughs> she said after she met this dude, she realized this nigga's a regular-ass nigga who like to do regular-ass shit, okay? And she realized that moment ain't nothing special or different from this guy from me. Hey, brother, brothers, on that, on that note, Ravonna Newman, that same experience, which you just said, how she experienced it. Now, how many other people can liken themselves when they join these organizations and they build an expectation up for the individual that they're following? They've already built a persona up for the individual that they're following. And some find out the hard way, such as the sister, that, hey, this, this ain't really about being spooked the fuck out. That, like you, just, like you just said, this is an individual that does regular things. But, see, that's another side of our conscious mind 
I should say our subconscious mind, that we don't deal with because it's another form of escapism. And what I mean by that is why is it, and it's mostly, and, and I say this with all due respect, it always seems to be melanated people in America are always looking for an out, always looking for a route, always looking for a scapegoat, meaning they're always looking for somebody to follow and put their personal salvation in that individual's hands. They're looking, always looking for the individual that they think is going to take them to the promised land. I don't care if it's the mothership and the burial, risk, whatever. You got these Negroes out there that claim to be gods and, and claim that they're not religious. They don't deal with any of the white man's ideology, but they don't really study themselves and see they're caught up in organizations that are using the same blueprint and the map that religion uses. There is a divine prophet or savior that leads you to the creator, that there is a, a book, a manual, a guide with all the rules and regulations that you need to follow. And if you don't follow them, you're not going to get to this sacred place. All of them have that blueprint. I don't give a fuck who it is, just, how conscious it is. It's always, it has the same blueprint. Now, how can at the same token, like you said earlier, Brother Ravon, which I think is, is really the key, and in a minute after we get done with this, I want to go into the conjuncted person, which is going to tie in all the stuff that we've been talking about since the opening. Why is it, like you said earlier, what it really is is a reflection of what they're not addressing in the, in the inner depths of their subconscious mind. That's what dark side alchemy is really all about. It's addressing, the, when we say issues, get out of your mind where we're just talking about problematic or negative things. We're just talking about things in general. Forget labeling them good or bad. Because I know when some people hear that word issues, they automatically think of something disagreeable or negative or or not positive or, or whatever be it. But these are the same people that don't really understand the doctrine of correspondence. Now, when we take the, 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 the concept of as within, so without, okay, let me say that again, as within, so without, these are the same individuals that I, I've known for years, we've all known for years, and, and, as, and as Brother Ravana Noon said earlier, we're speaking from experience, and I'm sure there's many of you listening to the show that can speak from the same experience factor. So by all means, we're not saying we're the only ones speaking from experience, but the point being is what you're seeing on the outside is, is a true reflection of the mentality going on on the inside. That's the point, and this is why it's become a show. And I want to... I want to add this in there, too, just dealing with Buddha. You know what made Buddha, you say, one of the greatest masters? Is this dude, he experienced the, the extremes of life. i give you one example. You know, uh, and, and he knew what the true work was about. People used to, and you could, you could, read, you could read this yourself, but people used to come to Buddha. A, a, lot of, a lot of these metaphysical occult niggas would have never liked Buddha, trust me. But <laughs> niggas used to come up to him, ask him all these spiritual questions. Oh, you know, who created the universe and uh, what exists on this dimension and, you know, all that bullshit. And Buddha used to ask them one simple question. What does that have to do with your suffering? Thank you. So so let me <laughs> ask you a quick question of Sargidi. All uh, these niggas that, that, that sit there and break, let's say, let's use the question you just brought up. Who created the universe? Everybody wants to get this heavy breakdown. So let me ask you a question. At the end of the day, figuring that shit out is going to do what for you? 
Exactly. You still gonna be the same motherfucker yeah. after you figure that out. Like example. You know what? You, but but, like but real quick. It's, let me just throw this in there real quick, brother Vonnoon. The point I'm making is how the fuck are you gonna answer that question coming from a perspective of person, place, or thing? See niggas wanna intellectualize a concept that exists outside of person, place, or thing. We're dealing, we're dealing with the quasi or the square when you're dealing with quantum physics. So you can't, the problem, the first mistake Negroes make is trying to explain that based on a perspective of person, place, or thing. You can't explain that in, the, in those three realms. That, that, that is completely impossible. So everybody's giving their theory, and the reason why it varies on the explanations you'll get, and everybody's going to give you their variation of it, is because people are explaining it based on their own personal spiritual experiences. Yes, you can incorporate a little science with it. You can incorporate, you know, uh, carbon and fossil dating and, and, and chemicals and minerals and zinc and, and get into life forms and tablets. You can get into all evolution and different aspects of creation. That's great. But any motherfucker that stands before you and tells you word verbatim that they can explain to you that they know verbatim how everything came into existence. They are bigger goddamn fool than anybody in the world can imagine. It's literally impossible to do that confined to the realm of person, place, or thing. Uh, that, that, also, that also goes into something that you said a while back, Brother Maniti, about, you know, and, and, and you just, you, you, you bought it with all total honesty. You said, how many, you asked, how many niggas, can really admit that they don't know what happens after they die. That's right. You know, you got you got all the philosophies, you got all the theories, but how many niggas really know what happens to you when you die? How do you know this might be the end of this, all this shit? How do you know? Right. Now, what's interesting is that to add on to all of that, let me read this passage. It's called Don't Call, call Me a Follower of Tao or Tao. Really no, this is good. D-A-O. And it this says, is good. Listen up. This is really good. Listen up to this. It says, following Tao is an intensely personal endeavor, which you spend each minute of your life with the universal hold on. pulse. Sorry, with the universal pulse. You follow the fluid and infinitely. Uh, Damn, this is blurry, my bad. Shifting Tao and experiences in myriad wonders. You want, you will want nothing more than to be empty before it, a perfect mirror open to every nuance. If you put labels on who you are, there is a separation from the Tao. As soon as you mm-hmm. accept the designations of race, gender, name, or fellowship, you define yourself in contrast to Tao. That is why those who follow Tao never identify themselves with the name Tao. They do not care for labels, for status, or for rank. We all have an equal chance to be with Tao. Reject labels, reject identities, reject conformity, reject convention, reject definitions, and reject names. Now, that's really profound because, as Brother Benidi was just saying, and Brother Asar just shared, People want to identify, label, or define the undefinable. That's right. The Emerald Tablets of Tehuti, when 
he was asked a question. Tahuti was asked a question by the priest, the high priest, which would be symbolic of you spiritual, cold, metaphysical niggas. The question was, well, how do we know God or who is God or any question like that? And his question said, well, I mean, his answer was simple. Well, see, you really can never know God because every time you create a God, you create multiple gods. That's so by right. creating one God, you create other gods. So you will That's never right. know the ineffable spirit of what God really is. Okay? That's right. So understand that whenever we try to define, whenever we try to control, whenever we try to do all these things, then sometimes, sometimes, just let it flow, we do a disservice to ourselves. Because That's right. what happens is at the end of the day, your control becomes an addictive uh, pattern and nature that is manifesting from an, from something within your subconscious mind that is seeking to always stay in power and control. Because the hardest thing for human beings to do is to relinquish their power and control because they feel they're never going to get it back. That's right. So why people are afraid of death is because you're afraid to let it go, your life, because you don't know, truthfully, I don't care how many books you read about life after death, uh, outer body experiences, <laughs> or whatever the case. Truthfully, you're scared as hell about death. So you don't exactly. want to relinquish the very life you live. So you live every moment of your day trying to stay in power and control over your life. And in the process, that becomes, um, you can become addicted to that to the point that your power seeking power all the time is misplaced. Instead of seeking to empower yourself, you're using your power to basically manipulate and uh, do whatever you want to other people because you don't really know how to deal with it yourself. So it can become misplaced because you'll start to reflect it outwards instead of realizing that my real empowerment is self is dealing with the issue of myself. And when I say self, I'm not saying like these fairy tale, fairy fuck face spiritual people on Facebook where everything is the self and I love the self and it's the self, self it's brother. all about the self, self and you have to self love brother. Self love brother, self love. Yeah, you know, that shit is ridiculous. That's not no fucking self. That's some fucking ridiculous justify my behavior self. And I'll tell you what I mean. Because those same niggas that say shit like that will be like, oh, well, you know, it's okay if I smoke this. Or it's okay if I drink till I'm intoxicated. Or do what okay do, do do thou will, brother. Do what thou will. Yeah, see, these are well, all well, justifications for your right. illness. Well, that's what they do, brother. That's what they do when, like, uh, yeah, you got the, we got the weed head conscious niggas. Those are my favorites. <laughs> you, know, you know, they got, they got spiritual justification. <laughs> As if, you know, uh, for any which way reason to smoke weed, you understand? And it's, not, it's, not, it's not just the weed. It's, I'm just saying, I'm using it as an example. People will, I hate a person that will use a spiritual explanation to justify their bullshit. You understand? <laughs> now, now, I'm saying that from a perspective. I don't give a shit if you smoke, if you don't smoke. Again, like I said earlier, when we were making light of the, of the, of the, of the Negro taking his conscious photos in the drive through McDonald's. I couldn't give a shit if you ate McDonald's or if you didn't. That's not, that's not the point we're stressing. When we're talk, if we're talking about 
the subject, dark side alchemy of the sub or the inner depths of the subconscious mind, what we're trying to establish and the point that we're trying to draw home is that people are not addressing these things. They're not going into the inner depths because, as we've said a million times on the show, these are the same individuals that left, could be religious schools that they grew up in, whether they were Christian, Muslim, or Jew, and now all of a sudden today they're spiritually conscious. Great. That's wonderful. And they say, I, I've changed. I've given up all those old ways. I don't believe in the white man's system anymore. I don't believe in religion, this and that. And then these are the same things that put on Yeah, they put on Gashikis, or they go into Santeria slash Yoruba, and they put on African garb, and they are looking at the culture, the information and the knowledge, the same way they did, the way they did when they were in religion, but they're not seeing it because now they've turned Ra into the Most High, or Batala now is the Most High, and they're doing the same Jesus God devil shit that they did when they were Muslim, Christian, or Jew, but they're not taking responsibility for that, they're saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm conscious. I'm spiritually awake now. When bottom of the line is they're really not. They found another way to escape, and most of them are still under the pretenses, as the brothers just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. The bottom line is this, and you have to really go to the inner depths of your subconscious mind through meditation. Most people join these organizations or get involved in these cultures, okay, it's, it's based on two principles. One, like the good brother Ravana Noon just said a few minutes ago, because they want to understand or they're trying to run from the fear of what death is and what it's really about. And bottom line is you, each individual, have to raise themselves up to that experience because guess what? There is not one particular answer to that question, okay? So anybody that can sit there and try to pass along some bullshit to you they could all break down science. Everybody can break down history. We can intellectualize all these human topics, which we have to understand that humanity to get us to that next level. But anybody that's going to stand in front of you and sit there and tell you that they can tell you, word for beta, what's going to happen to your soul as it separates from your body? When you start making the actual transition, what does it feel like? What is, it, what is the experience like? What is the actual process one goes through? You can only theorize. Yeah, you can go to the opening of the mouth ceremony on the walls of ancient Egypt. I hear all these niggas break the coming forth by day. That's great. <laughs> That's great. You understand? But see, if you really understood what those stories and pictographs were trying to convey, they were symbols and images trying to convey symbology to the subconscious mind. This is why most people get involved in consciousness, spirituality, and even religion. Because they don't know what the fuck is going to happen to them when they die. Not not not, on, not, on, not only that, you know, I learned and I learned this in my religion class is, um, you know, my religion college class is many cultures around the world they created stories to make people feel comfortable about death. That's what it was. Right. Motherfuckers were scared to die. Here's here's what's interesting. Many of these stories were just symbols of your life path. That's all they That's were. It. These That's fuckers it. did not exist. And if you want to think they existed, well, then fucking make us our come to life. <laughs> and if you can't do that, shut the fuck up and realize that it was a myth. A myth that taught a story. A story that is symbolic of your life journey. 
the three stages of your life, birth, maturity, and old age. That's right. And, and that's Masonic right there, brother. Brother, brother, you just broke down something Masonic if people caught it. Forget it. Go ahead. Yeah, brother. <laughs> it might have been too complex, brother. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's too complex. So this is all a part to, to break down your life journey in those three stages of life. What it's like to be young. What it's like to experience fucking puberty and being horny at everything that waves, moves, or, or looks at you. Okay? It is, it is what it's like to feel like your body is growing and you have no control over this shit. You're clumsy as hell because you're taller this year than you were last year and you still don't have balance and control. They, these myths... Why, 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 do, why, do people, why do people leave from the simple shit like that? The simplicity. Yeah, be, okay. Because they want to be deep. But anyways, yeah. it's, it's, this process was explained. Then the process of maturity, what it's like to be married, what it's like to have a family, kids, what it's like you know, to mature within yourself, what it's like to all these things. And by the way, for all you deep niggas, deep, really, like, super deep niggas, like, you know, I get questions like, um, you know, um, I don't feel I have to work on, work on my root chakra. I feel that I should just work on my uh, higher chakras, my throat chakra, my brown chakra, my crown chakra. What do you think? Well, you already told me what you think. Why the fuck are you asking me what I think first? Second, why do you feel that you could just bypass the root chakra Right, which is your grounding mechanism, and your root chakra to your heart chakra to your throat chakra and anything so there the has, and has shit. not reached the age of resonance of maturity. What I mean by that is your root chakra's age of resonance to mature itself is from one to seven or zero to seven. How the fuck you want to say it? It's right. Want to be mathematically deep, right? But anyways. Then your navel's like from 7 to 14. Your uh, solar is like from 14 to 21. Your heart is from like 21 to 28. Your throat is from 28 to 35. Your brow is like 35 to 42. And then your crown is 42 to 49. Now, for you deep people who say, well, I've opened and closed all my chakras, so I understand. Your chakras are still maturing, brother. Your chakras are still learning to mature within this cycle called life. You're still learning this, this, to this, resonate this nigga, with this, your chakras. This, this nigga, this nigga want to be enlightened, but he ain't even experienced life yet. Yeah. And <laughs> is there any wonder why the ancients, in the ancient cultures, that they said that you were not considered a wise one or became a master until the age of 40? That's because your throat <laughs> chakra does not resonate and mature right. until you reach the age of 35 to 42. Don't you understand that you're still a baby until that point in many ancient cultures and even modern-day cultures? You're still a baby until you reach 40? You still haven't experienced life. So the throat resonates because that is where your truth is spoken from, your truth, not some book truth, not some uh, Levitical law truth or anything else, your truth. Your truth of your life experiences and the wisdom you learn through ups, downs, goods, bads, and anything else of life. Okay? And then you really don't become a master, master 
to 49 to 50. But y'all want to be deep. Y'all want to be some spiritual guru and still don't even know how to resonate with your solar plexus. You still have self-esteem issues, self-empowerment issues, self-realization issues, which all happens on your solar plexus. But you want to be deep. You want to be, uh, you know, master guru nine, right? And <laughs> you haven't even mastered four yet. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to get to nine, okay? But Second you- of all, then you want to be, you know, a dark one, dark goddess this, and dark vagina lips this. And... <laughs> Nigga, you ain't even fucking mastered yourself yet. What is fucking dark? And when you get to darkness and you go in there, what is next? Let me ask that again. You get all deep down and dark. You're deep. You're so dark that your fucking toenails are black, right? So you're dark. Hey, there's a perfect, perfect. That's a perfect segue right here, brother. I got you. I got you, brother. It was perfect cool. segue. I got you. I got to hit you up with it, man, because that was a perfect segue. <laughs> for what we were just talking about two minutes ago. And like you just said, you know why people do that? They take on these alter egos and they hide from the cell because all that shit basically sounds like one thing and one thing only right here. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black in this black, and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black in this black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black, 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 Right. 
that is the, it really invoking demons. Deal with that shit. They, see, they, 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 they don't want to invoke that demon because that's a kick-ass demon right there. Of course not, because nobody wants to deal with their perversions. Nobody wants to deal with their twisted motherfucking minds. Nobody wants to uh, deal with their fucking neurotic behavior. Nobody wants to deal with these things. Because, see, it's easier to be, you know, a magician and, you know, draw a circle than to draw a circle and open a circle within my mind. You know, it's easier to do it outside myself because I look right. fancy and I look like I'm some deep shit because I'm wearing some fucking robe now and I can do a fucking circle and face north, east, west and do a couple fucking chants. So I'm something special. But how about you face north, east, west, south within your fucking mind and open up the gateways within your fucking mind to the shit that you are afraid to deal with because you may not, may not be liked too or may not be able to operate in society when all this stuff surfaces. So it's nice and easy to put it away and call yourself Batman Jr., but you're not. You're none of these things. You can just be yourself and still be somebody. That's but right. What people don't realize that. You know, this used to be this old house music song. I wish I could play it for these niggas on Facebook. That constantly, the whole song, throughout the whole song, they just kept repeating, everybody wants to be somebody, over and over. I wish I could play that shit so niggas get the point. Why do you feel like you want to be somebody when you could just be yourself? You if are somebody already. That, that's the funny part is you are somebody. Yeah, but it, here's what's interesting. One of our great R&B brothers sung... <laughs> Isn't my best good enough? Right? You haven't noticed that nigga was trying to teach you a message. Isn't my best good enough? That's right. You know, people don't realize this. Your best is good enough. Right? You are good enough. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. You could just be a regular person walking down the street. You don't need to have motherfucking pentagram. You don't need to have um, tattoos of whatever on you. If you choose to, that's your choice. By all means, tattoo your, your whole body if you want to. I don't care. It's not affecting me and it's not making me happy or sad if you do. What I'm saying is you don't need to do these things just to be yourself. If you choose to, fine, but you don't need to. You can just be happy being yourself. See, many people think of masters, and this is the Hollywood version of masters. See, masters are these guys who wear robes, right? They wear these fucking beads, and, you know, they have incense burning, and they have, you know, some a dot on their forehead, or they have, you know, onks or whatever, right? So this is a master, but that's not how life really works. Go back to martial arts movies back in the 80s and 90s. And you have certain people looking for masters. Why is it they can never find these motherfuckers? You remember the movies, damn it. Yeah. Why couldn't they find these masters, dude? Because the master looked like everybody else. He wasn't out there saying, hello, I'm <laughs> master, master God. Come check me out. I have the answers for your problems. No. He was minding his business and living his life. Exactly. The, the student was searching for this person everywhere, and he kept asking the same master a question, never realized that motherfucker was the master. He thought it was going to be somebody else. Or better yet, go to Star Wars, right? And Luke is looking for Yoda. 
here comes Yoda, the short little reptilian-ass, gray-looking nigga, right? And Luke looks at him and says, how the fuck can this nigga be Yoda? This can't be Yoda. So it never even crossed his mind. And Yoda said, judge me by my size, do you? Judge me by my appearance. Basically is what he's saying. You're judging me because you think of I'm supposed to be some Jedi master. You think I'm supposed to be this great person, right? You think I'm supposed to be some seven-foot-tall... and shit. Yeah, I'm supposed to be seven feet tall. I'm supposed to be bathed in the green light, you know, and I'm supposed to be levitating somewhere. But I'm just this regular old dude living in a swamp, and you bypass that because you're looking for something greater. See, this is how we've been trained. Our subconscious mind been trained to do that, and we don't realize that it's the regular person who can be the master. It's the regular person who can share the most wisdom with you to it's help the, you in your transformation than you flying all the way to Africa or Japan somewhere to meet some guru that the world's broadcasting. I tell you, the the, per, the masters are the motherfuckers you see that that's not wearing no fucking symbols and shit. You know what I mean? They just look like regular people. Hey, but let's even, let, that's right, but let's even look at this. When you were talking about Star Wars a minute ago, and, you know, we did a whole thing on the Sith uh, a couple weeks back. One thing you find unique with that, with that whole story, and we, we've discussed this on the side, too, you look at the whole Darth Vader slash uh, Anakim Skywalker thing. Now, now, a lot of us can correlate ourselves to that whole scenario and what it represented and what it symbolized. Here was, when you, if you really watch the trilogy, you understand, here was an individual that spent his whole life practicing and studying to be a Jedi to seek that one great thing, right? And as Brother Ravana Noom just broke down the whole science with Yoda, as he started to master the whole science of the Jedi, and then he became obviously more in tune than the regular Jedi, he started to realize that it was all a bunch of bullshit. Now, the movie actually, for those that look at it from a mortal perspective, you know, they portray Darth Vader as being negative. They portray that whole thing as, well, that's him. You know, he was the bad guy. He represented the negative aspect of the situation. That's not the case. He came to a point that after he learned all that he thought was going to get him to where he needed to be, he was like, this, this is bullshit. I didn't really need any of this in the sense that I always had the power, or they could call it the force, that resided within. Yeah, it got him to a certain point. It doesn't mean you can't have guidance. You can't have teachings to a certain point. But he realized that that power that he always was looking for outside of himself, he thought he was going to get it by joining the Jedi Order. But then he realized when he always had the power and then when he spoke up, that's no difference than when we sit and talk about the same concept of what the Setian energy represented, because Set represented, as we talked about last week, anti-conformity, anti-establishment, meaning he decided not to put his fate in control into the hands of another individual. That's what we were discussing last week. Now, it's the same concept when you look at the whole Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. He realized when he came to that point, everybody's going to come to that fork in the road where you're going to have to let go of somebody's hand. You, they cannot make the journey for you. And when you decide to make that decision, like, fuck it, I don't need none of that no more, people are going to lash out and attack you. Because when you come out of the norm, people that are doing 
what everybody else is doing, and then they look at you, and you're saying things like, I'm the master. When I'm looking for the master, all I need to do is look in the mirror. I don't need to follow no guru or belong to no organization or be a part of some group to get me where I need to go. Everything serves a purpose. So, yeah, those things serve a purpose to a certain extent. But bottom line is they can only get you so far. So that trilogy is a representation of what we all go through in life. And when you look at it and you study it, it's what it represents to you and your subconscious mind. See, we got to get out of all this fictitious bullshit, this over-intellectualizing. Again, as I said before, we can sit here and talk about Egypt, the deities, history, but that shit is all useless if we don't take that information and update it for 2015 going into 2016. Because we got people that are stuck in the back-in-the-day syndrome. All they want to talk about how great we were back in Egypt. Back in the day this, back in the day that. Well, bottom line, that ain't doing shit for you in 2015. What is that doing for us right now? How is that getting crack off the streets? How is that educating these young kids? And I've said this before. If you look in all of these organizations, 90% of them, the youth is vanishing by the minute. You want to know why? Because this, this youth that's coming up in this generation is totally different. They don't see themselves in any of this shit. So you can't lecture that gang member on how great they were in ancient Egypt. That's only going to go so far. You've got to come down to them on practicality because they've exactly. been indoctrinated on a whole nother level. You understand? So you've got to make sense to them. You can't come at them with all this, you know, brother, put on a dashiki and accept your culture. That's some religious shit. You understand? Oh, yeah. And I just I wanted, to, I wanted to add this in there, too. I meant to say this a little bit ago, actually. But, um, you know, dealing with the whole chakra thing, many people have, uh, I could say, misrepresented in a lot of ways of what the chakras are. Chakras are your life, their life, (laughs) they're your life centers. These are parts of your subconscious mind, stages of consciousness. Understand, and these things develop based upon life experiences. Don't let me tell you nothing else. You, You know, based upon your life experiences and how you deal with that shit is how much your chakras develop. Understand that? And real quick, to add to that, listen, niggas, if a person's life experience is to eat a hot dog and your life experience is to be a vegan, that is what they need and that is what you need. You're not right and he's not wrong. She's not right and he's not wrong. That's right. right. Because everybody's life experiences is different than the next person. Although there's many similarities, it is different because they vibrate at a different level than you. They vibrate, uh, I mean, they vibrate at a different level. They perceive at a different level. Everybody is at a different stage. Because you feel you're enlightened because you're a vegan and you want to fucking eat vegetables, or you want to fucking listen to somebody like Dr. Savi who's fucked up in his health because that motherfucker wants to say everything's a hybrid, not realizing that motherfucker's a hybrid himself. Because you're not the original niggas. I'm sorry, what y'all think? You're not the originals. The original people on this planet were pygmies, or tithes, or tithes, or spies, whatever fuck you want to pronounce it. Or uh, they were four feet tall, 
three to four feet tall. Anything that's not three to four feet tall is a hybrid. So get the fucking shit out the way. And don't tell me garlic is a hybrid when garlic has been proven and has been used thousands of years throughout Asia and other areas of the world to cure heart disease, to to destroy fungus and things of that nature. So understand, everybody is different, and what they need is different. Somebody may need to be a stripper. That's their experience. That's right. On the other hand, may want to be a Buddhist. That's your experience. Doesn't make you holier. It doesn't make you more right. And don't That's think right. the stripper has less wisdom than the Buddhist, because everybody in their experience receives wisdom that can help somebody else by them sharing. Mm-hmm. So I've met many wise strippers. I've met many, many, many wise strippers. Let me just say this real quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm the nigga. I'm the Buddhist who's at the strip club tipping the booty. All right, let me there just say this. I'm, I'm a Buddhist, too. I'm a Buddhist, too. <laughs> and I'm tipping that booty all day while I'm, while I'm using my mala beads or my prayer beads at the same time. Hey, what I, what I want to bring up, slagging ass with the prayer beads and shit. There you go. There you go, brother. So the, the last thing I want to do before we take some questions, I want to get into this last section here. We'll build on this, and then uh, we'll, we'll take uh, some questions and comments. Uh, let's talk about – I want to talk about, because it ties into everything we've, we've been going over, really, since the beginning of the show. Let's talk about the conjuncted person and what this is, what it represents, because – I think this is going to kind of sum up everything that we went over, and I'm going to take this out of the Emerald Tablets, Alchemy for Personal Transformation by Roger William Huck. Um, this is on page 226. If you do have the book, you can go ahead and uh, go over this when you get some time. Um, let's go over this real quick. I think this is, speaks volumes. Uh, it says, before, before conjunction, a person can be lustful and even wanton in seeking his or her other half. It's very important to listen to this. And jealous and possessive once it is found. On the other hand, the conjuncted person is the appreciative of the alchemical forces at work in relationships and careers and tends to be considerably kinder and more sensitive to the dynamics of people. Such a person appears balanced and confident, hard to panic, not easily upset, though still very much in touch with his or her feelings. The inner harmony is proof of the balancing of the elements in the alchemist and signifies that he or she is ready to move on to work with the forces of the above. In an achievement known in psychology as personal integration, the conjuncted person has found true self-esteem that is not grounded in egocentric lies but derived from experiencing the united essences within. These are the artistic qualities responsible for the successes of many writers, I'm not going to read a whole bunch of names, the alchemists associated the operation of conjunction with the viral bull and assigned the astrological cipher of Taurus to signify this operation. Now, I mentioned last week Taurus the bull, which also ties into the deity Amun-Ra. You can work candle magic when the planet is in the sign of Taurus. We're going to get back to that. Because there's the bull energy of Ra or the fire element, which I guess is a whole other story. Let's go on. The, the Apis bull was sacred to the ancient Egyptians. They believed it was born in the dark of the moon, and they drew the round head of the bull with the crescent moon to identify it. The Egyptians used the appearance of this sign in the heavens to mark the coupling of cattle and oxen to begin plowing. This earth sign 
is a sim- is symbolic of mas- masculine strength, virility, planning, and bullheadedness. The search of the Torian is for meaning and value in life, and people born under the constellation of the bull are full of resolve and lack any self-doubt, which can lead them to being very steadfast and even pig-headed. They expect to be rewarded for everything they do and can be overly possessive. Now I'm going to skip down to the last part. There can be no doubt that conjunctions are powerful events in a person's spiritual progress. Given us the power of the bull, to carry on despite obstacles. The coming together of soul and spirit takes place on the border between physical and spiritual reality and represents a focusing of self that can unleash enormous psychic energy. But conjunctions like all marriages tend to break down over time. In order for the inner marriage to succeed in the long run, there must be an infusion of energy and will from a higher level. That living inspiration from above is what the alchemist called fermentation, all right? That, I think, kind of, in, in a nutshell, ties it all together. You, you have to have the human element of it, the experience factor of it, to kind of connect these all together. And as it said there, a person that is able to deal with that on those levels is the balanced person, the person that's in control that accepts the ups and the downs and knows how to balance oneself out. And as it labeled at the end, in alchemy, they call that fermentation. This is what we have to learn to do to learn to really understand what dark alchemy is. And as, as we've said in the beginning of the show and all the brothers said, dark alchemy is simply represents undefinable, no title, no, no, no beginning, no end. When we say the inner depths of the subconscious mind or the dark chaotic energy of the subconscious mind, it means unlimitless. The, the potential has no bounds. To truly understand self, and I want to go up. Somebody had typed in earlier, um, which I thought, and I'm going to let me just scroll up. I want to read this. Uh, let me just find it. I thought this kind of tied in. I think it was, uh, let me just find it right here. And I want to read this because it, it carries value in it, but we have to really, really take into account what, what it really means in a sense. And I believe it was Lady Mystic. Let me just find Give me one second. I think this is important right here. All right. This was typed in uh, quite a bit earlier. It says, these subjects are so hard. How can one really know if what he or she believes is correct? It is all belief, is it not? Yes and no. And I'm going to tell you why I say yes and no. It becomes, if you raise yourself up based on these principles, what's a reality to you becomes real to you. Now, as long as you have raised yourself up to the reality of that truth, it becomes true, period. But belief can be dangerous when you start accepting things that you have not raised yourself up to the reality of. See, that's the difference. So we've got to be careful when we throw a concept like that in there so we don't get confused with that. So a belief would be you accepting something that you cannot confirm to self, and that is a belief. But how you decipher for you, and this is what alchemy is about, what is correct or not correct is by you raising yourself up to the reality of it. You don't need to prove that to everybody else around you. That's where people make the mistake. They're always trying to validate their points externally. Once it becomes a divine principle or a divine reality to self, it's, a, it's, a, it's an internal truth. You don't need to validate that shit for nobody. But at the same token, you can't 
validate your own reality to somebody else unless they've experienced that same reality. That's what the whole point is. So that's how you separate beliefs and what you should accept because everybody's reality is different. That's a fact because a lot of topics we talked about tonight people can relate to, people can connect with, but there might be an individual that maybe got lost in some areas because they may not be there yet, but that's okay too because that's the whole point of what we're doing here. There is no one right or wrong. It's all based on perception and how we perceive based on our experience is going to determine what we perceive as truth. So that's how the individual is always in control. This is what we mean when we say to go outside of yourself, looking for the creator is the biggest mistake you can make because you spend your whole life looking for this one divine thing. And as the Emerald Tablet said, it exists within you. That's what the first hermetic principle of Tahuti is, the doctrine of mentalism. All is mental. Mental is all. Nothing exists outside of the subconscious mind. Anything you can conceive, any thought you conjure up in your mind, it exists. You wouldn't be able to think it if it didn't. I don't care how bizarre the shit is. You are able to tap in on a level. Now, just because somebody else may not be able to confirm that, that was for you. It's real to you. But if somebody says, yeah, you know, I had this dream and I saw this being, all right, and then you pass that on and say, oh, yeah, you saw this being, I believe that. Now you fucked up and you just started a whole other religion. Because once you start accepting somebody's personal experiences as reality and you ain't experienced them yourself, now this is where we get all fucked up again now. Now we're back to religions, starting hierarchies, starting levels of, of this one is here, this one is there. And then we start following the guru. You understand? And as Brother Ravana Noon read earlier from the I Ching, once you accept labels, once you accept titles, when you couple up under things or individuals, you cut yourself off from that one thing. You can call it whatever you want in any culture, but you disconnect yourself from that one thing. That's what this is about. So I don't know if you brothers want to chime in real quick on that, and then maybe we'll take some questions in the last sure. Just real quick. Uh, that is uh, also known as our chemical marriage. And what the Brother Benedi said might be too complex for some of y'all, so let me simplify that, okay? <laughs> Let me simplify it for, for, for means for all of us, okay? But anyway, um, simple. Like he said, if you don't know of something because you haven't experienced it, that's belief, period. If you've experienced it and no longer becomes belief, you know it. You understand it. You lived it. It's that simple in life. If you don't know it, and somebody's showing you, telling you, reading, or you're reading something, you believe in what you're reading, but you don't know because you haven't had that experience. So thus, a true alchemist will always tell you, experience all things that you possibly can experience that your soul and spirit need for its maturity and growth. Okay? You experience what is your soul and spirit guiding you to experience for your growth. However... I cannot convince you that my experience is necessary for you, for you to grow and for you to transform, because if I try to convince you and then you accept that and follow that, like Brother Benedi said, then we're back to religion. And the only thing you can confirm is as the uh, hermetic or comedic axiom goes, as within, so without. You experience life from within yourself, 
and it reflects and manifests outside of yourself. That outside experience is just a reflection of what your soul and spirit has created for you to experience and live by for your spiritual growth and maturity. The alchemical marriage can be said as above, so below, as within, so without. Uh, feminine, masculine, yin, yin and yang, however you want to put it. It is that marriage between those so-called illusory polar opposites when in reality they're the same thing. This is why... Brother, when you, 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 mean, you mean to tell me I can't, I can't, you know, tell you that, you know, the God Amun, you know, he told me that I'm a God now, so, you know, well, I can't I mean, pass that message, you're brother? God, brother. You could be a motherfucking God to McDonald's for all I care. But I will not accept that just because you told me that Amun told you that you're a God. Now, how do I base a person being a God? Simple, by your ways and actions, not your words. That's right. If you're responsible and in control of your life, then I base that, and I'll label that if I choose to. Otherwise, I don't care to label it. I just let you be yourself. Now, what's interesting is when you go all over the world and you look, and you look at the symbol of the Taoist and of uh, Chinese medicine, and you look at the yin and yang, what is interesting is you have the dark, the light, and in each part, let's say the dark, you have a piece of the light, and in the light you have a piece of the dark. That's very important to understand, because what it's really telling you is that there's nothing that is so totality that it is exactly that. What I mean is, there is nothing that is totally dark for all you people who want to be super dark. Because in that darkness, there is also a piece of that light. And in that light, there is also the piece of the darkness. That's why the yin and yang symbol is one of the most powerful metaphysical, uh, chemical symbols that anybody has ever manifested or created. If you understand that concept, you will understand that you cannot be extremely light or extremely dark, and I'm not talking about complexion here, niggas, okay? Extremely light or extremely dark because you will always have a piece of the other within you. That's an alchemical marriage. That is the perfect balance between the two. When you understand that, then you'll see where your life experiences will take you further for your growth. And, brother, real quick, on that dark light, remember when we had Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum on the show, that dark light, or that light that shines in the darkness and we comprehend it or not, remember, that's the neural melanin as he broke down. Yep. That's the neural melanin that sends out those transmitters, the alpha brain waves that, that, that is sent out from the neural melanin because it, the neural melanin that's formed in the brain is the key to understanding or assimilating all this consciousness or alchemy. And we had even Dr. Jude Pukum on to confirm the same exact thing. And most elders and scholars will agree on that. You understand? So that light that shines in the darkness, like you said, there is light in that darkness because all things manifested out of darkness. You understand? And, we, again, like you said, when we say darkness, we ain't talking about complexion. We're talking about what we're talking about on this show tonight. When we talk about that dark, chaotic energy, that's what the deity set or Satuk really represented. Not this whole bullshit Judeo-Christian religious shit, those set is the devil. Man, that's religious bullshit. If you look at what the Egyptian mysteries and the archetype energies of these deities represent in that light, you might as well go back to being a damn Christian again. 
You understand? These are the same Negroes that Horus is, he's Jesus, and Ra is the most high. And again, like I said last week, I where is the most high? I always ask these niggas that use the term the most high. And these yeah. are the same fools that are telling me that they're God. He's on you top of the roof, brother. Yeah, yeah. The most high. Where is the most high? If you say you're not religious and you don't believe in heaven and hell and all this other religious ideology, tell me where the fuck is the most high if you use that term. If it doesn't exist within the subconscious mind, if it doesn't exist within you, you tell me where the most high is. And then if you tell me it's somewhere outside of yourself, now I got a bigger fucking problem. Because now you need to describe some type of force that exists outside of yourself and, and, and give me a, an exact breakdown of how that force got there. You understand? See, the bottom line is this. We're trying to define metaphysical things sometimes, again, as I said earlier, confined by person, place, or thing. That answer you have to raise yourself up to. You can't convey that to, a, to, to the masses in a short summarization because that doesn't exist. That's the whole point. See, people feel comfortable when they get into a system. I don't care what type of dogma or culture it is. They, they always are, it's a scapegoat and a crutch to always have this concept that there's this higher force outside of me that's governing and controlling everything, and I'm in union with it. And a true alchemist doesn't want to become one with the universe and all that bullshit. They want to master the universe. There's a difference in that concept. I'm going to say that again. All this become one with the universe. No, nigga, you want to master the universe. You want to be able to control the universe. You don't want to become one with the shit. There's a difference in that. Now, you may, that might sound confusing because if it sounds confusing, you understand, then you're one of those people that's still caught up under those systems and ideologies and that way of thinking because there's only a certain way you can explain to an extent to get somebody to, to gravitate towards it. But again, there is not one correct answer. So I, I would always recommend people, you understand, if somebody claims they have a lock on the truth and, and their way is the only way to get the fuck away from them as far as you can, because they are more dangerous than any other individual you encounter. You understand? Anybody that criticizes you for speaking out or questioning their ideology and wants to paint a picture of you as somebody that's negative, then they're not dealing with their own internal bullshit. You understand? Stay away from those individuals. Because if they were speaking the truth, there was nothing that would offend them because their information or doctrine would be able to stand up against anything. You understand? And this is how a lot of people get jacked up. So when people get themselves jacked up and saying, like, they know this is the exclusive answer that you're going to set yourself up for the fall. You understand what I'm saying? Point blank. Everybody's going to perceive the shit differently. And that's just the way it is. That's the third principle or hermetic principle of the doctrine of vibration. This is going to vibrate and resonate on different frequencies based on where you are in your spirituality, for lack of a better word. Where you are in your evolutional process of alchemy or, or, or mental transformation in alchemy is going to be based on how you absorb these experiences. Some can take it as simulated in their DNA, and like Brother Ravana Noon said, I judge somebody being a god by the example, by their actions. You understand? Not because you put on a dashiki, not because you speak some Semitic language and you're wearing a big-ass op. That don't mean shit to me. That don't make you cultural. That don't mean you know shit. 
It means you look the part. Shit, I could watch niggas do that in movies and they look the part. That don't mean that's what they are. The whole point being is you judge a person not just by what they're saying out of their mouth, because we could all regurgitate information we studied. We could all break down the history of Egypt, the history of Samaria, the history of the Yoruba. We could break down all these cultures of Asia. We could sit here and over-intellectualize till the sun comes up. But if we ain't doing any of these spiritual practices, if we ain't doing the magic, if we ain't doing these rituals to the point where we are changing and transforming the energy, then it's all for naught. Because we can sit here and talk history all night. That shit is whack and boring. Because that's the problem. We got a lot of niggas that are talking. And like we said earlier in the beginning of the show, what we do, we don't have to publicize it, but we do ritualistic work on a daily basis. We gather the masses. Like I said before, you want to change the vibration of the planet? Fuck a million man gathering in D.C. Let's get a million man drum ceremony. That would alter, I mean, that would alter the very foundation of the planet, let alone just uh, physical aspect. They would, be, they would run in fear if they saw a million millionated people gather and play drums. Just a very vibrational affected act could literally, literally, scientifically change the vibrational frequency of this planet. We have that power to change the, the, the gravitational force, the magnetic grid by the energy we put out. And if we mastered that principle, we would be the dominant factor. Then people would have to align what we were doing, what we were doing, whether they wanted to or not. That's the reality. That's real metaphysics, real alchemy, real science. See, we're caught up in the physical. And one thing Brother Ravana Noon said earlier, anytime we took out a great endeavor, what did we do first? Even before we went to war, what did we do? We reenacted some type of ritual before we went into war. Okay? That's what we did. We never fought the physical battle before we aligned the spiritual aspect of it first. That's the whole point. So you can protest you can march. You can get emotionally involved in all this racial shit that they're staging on the news. You can get emotionally involved with all the terrorist attacks because that's what they want you to do. They remember, we talked about the person's pineal gland that was calcified. That's the person that's reactive, not proactive. So if you're that nigga that gets so mad to the point so quick, when you see this shit and you want to take it to the streets, that's self-suicide. That's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to open that door so they can come in and bring down that destruction. And that's why I said to all these revolutionary niggas, take it to the street. We'll see how that goes. Because if you ain't got no goddamn army tanks, nuclear weapons, it's all talk. Right. That's all and that shit is. They would, they would have lost the battle before it even started. And the reason why, I don't know how many of you have ever seen that, that martial arts movie, Hero, with Jet Lee. In the movie, he, uh, before he fought this, this uh, martial artist, he said he had to fight the battle in his mind, <laughs> in his mind before he actually fought the physical battle. Most of you are reacting and reactive, so you haven't fought the battle in your mind, so you will, be, you will get cased up or caught out there because you're a reactive person and not thinking it through, not meditating through the whole process. What are the possibilities, the vulnerabilities, the strength that can manifest from this situation? What is my strength? Do I have this? Do I have that? What are my vulnerabilities? Am I weak here? Am I weak there? If you're not doing it. You're just reacting. You will end up hemmed up every time. That's right. And this is why relationships fail, because you're reacting to your mate. 
You're reacting to your mate instead of mentally processing what she or he is trying to communicate with you for you to understand, for a better communication relationship, for you to have a better harmony between you two. But I guess, uh, is there any other questions, Brother Benice? No. Uh, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take some some questions on the phone. That was just one uh, that had sparked. I know. You, I know you said you had to take off a few minutes early because you gotta you gotta go pick somebody up. Yeah, I'm leaving at eleven. So. Yeah. All right. No, we're gonna go to the phone. We're gonna take some uh, questions, and I know we kind of ran a little bit longer. Um, so again, if you got a question, uh, make sure your phone is unmuted. Uh, if you have a comment, keep it brief. Uh, straight to the point. Uh, if you don't have a question or a comment, just say just listen and then we'll move on. We got a lot of also a lot of questions and comments. I'm gonna go back up. I see. I'll try to get the majority of them. Um, I'll scroll up. A lot of people have typed in a lot of good comments and some questions. I'll go back and scroll up to those in a minute. Uh, but let's go to the phone first. Uh, we got a call on. A, you're on a call from Michigan. You're on a call. Do you have a question or a comment from Michigan? Hi. How you doing this evening? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Good. Okay. Um, my question is in regards to um, channeling and spirit messages in regards to what you all were talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that play into, um, I don't know, just raising yourself up in, in you know, practicing what you what we preach, you know, when we're reading about stuff? Because I hear a lot of people want to channel, they want to have all of these gifts, but it's just like, what do you really know about that before you say you want to do it? Right. I mean, when 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 you say channeling, there's a lot of people that say they communicate a channel with spirits. The question should be, um, are these things that are coming from outside themselves or are these things that they are assuming come from outside of themselves? Now, when, when dealing with the spirits, Reverend, the brothers can share their personal experience, uh, too, on this. We've all had experiences, to an extent, I'm sure, what we term of communicating or channeling energy or spirits. Now, it still doesn't go outside of the principle that it exists within the subconscious mind. Now, for an example, some people will say, well, I channeled a specific deity, let's say, whatever culture. It's irrelevant. The point being is you convince the subconscious mind because what we see and what we stamp in it consciously and subconsciously is how it's going to manifest for us. So for an example, if you picture a deity, you've already subconsciously inside your mind have given it a description. You have labeled it with a certain energy and conscious. So one can tap into that and come to the conclusion that it's, it's, it, they're channeling a force outside of themselves, but that's just the illusion of it. They're really not. But we do have that ability to access those higher energy forces, or I would like to say communicate with the higher self. We, we all can travel those spiritual boats through astral projection and, and receive a multitude of different communications, be it through our ancestral connection through our DNA, which we can speak to direct relatives that have deceased on. We could also speak to any individual we really raise ourselves up to, so it's not just confined to your own DNA bloodline. You can, if you want to communicate with Buddha, as we were talking about earlier, if you prepare yourselves, you can, you can communicate with the Buddha consciousness. So it is a part, an integral part of our spirituality and what we do. It's just a small part. So it does connect 
But again, that, that experience is going to vary again, and how it pertains is going to change from individual to individual. Um, so I don't know if you brothers want to chime in on that. Maybe you can give us some info on that also. Sure. Uh, well, people, a lot of times, when, and the sister said a very important thing. She said, well, before you channel, do you even know anything about it? Do you, why do you That's want right. to channel? And she's right. Before you do any of these things, you have to ask yourself, why do you want to channel? What is the purpose of channeling? And am I channeling just because I want to sound or look deep? So that's another part. Because real channeling, a lot of times, comes from your higher self manifesting. Now, there's certain different magical orders and uh, secret orders that will tell you that whether you call it angels, guardians, orishas, neturu, whatever you call it, that you know, that no, what going... happens is that you will, um, at that moment, realize that it is really yourself. A lot of times, these beings or energies that we interpret as outside ourselves, like Brother Benini said, is really your higher self communicating with you. Here's an example. When you dream, and you're in a dream state, The reason why you see who you see or what you see in those dreams is because you are being shown through your higher self contacting the subconscious mind to bypass the distracting conscious mind. So it shows you symbols that you have internalized and accepted throughout your journey. That's right. And as Brother Benini said, whether it's, Krishna, or it could be uh, Abraham, or it could be whatever it is that you accept and have internalized and accepted to be true. You have internalized this, and so your higher self is using these symbols to contact your subconscious mind because the conscious mind can distract and throw it off, so it has to contact the subconscious mind as symbols to record it and play it back for you so you could accept or understand or receive a message. Your higher self is constantly at work doing this. Now, there is energy that people have termed gods, gods, whatever the hell it is. These energies are basically archetypal energies or personality types that were created by the collective consciousness to basically describe certain personality types, issues, concerns, or whatever the case may be. And these collective consciousness feed this energy, and so it manifests however you want it to manifest. And that is what people will be like, oh, I made made contact with a spirit. You have to understand, when you look at quantum physics, everything is in vibration. That's right. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It is constantly in existence. So there's been beings for thousands of years, millions of years who've existed on this planet who are still vibrating at certain frequencies on this planet. That's right. And you will interpret that energy and say, that's a spirit. That's okay? right. Or that's this, is that, or the third. And so let's say James Brown, his energy was at a high vibration because he was musical when he was here. When you raise yourself up to that level, whether it's through meditation or other spiritual practices, or even in your dream state, because your dream state, your body is vibrating faster to allow your spirit and soul to escape the physical confines of your body, you're able to contact some of these energies 
That's right. Because you're bumping into them because you're vibrating at their frequency right now. That's right. That energy once existed, and some of the consciousness that they had still is attached to that energy. Understand that it's still attached to that energy, so you will make contact and receive knowledge and information from that energy. But understand, all of this is taking place within the confines of your mind. This is why Tahuti, in the Seven Principles of Tahuti, he states plainly that all is mind and mind is all. That's right. Everything begins within your mind. And what's interesting is I know people have seen this before, but you have Seven Principles of Tahuti, you have seven chakras. <laughs> the first principle is tied to your crown chakra, your mind. That's right. That's right. The higher self, the higher mind, and it keeps descending on down from there. That's why when you go from one through seven or two principles, when you get to the seventh principle, you're dealing at the root chakra level. And if you look closely, you can see that. But all is mind, so all of this is projecting itself from your mind, outward or outward in. It's all taking place within your mind and nowhere, no how to escape that reality. So mm-hmm. this is what is happening when we say we're channeling or different things like that. But in reality, it doesn't make anybody any more special than you are, sister, because whether you channel or not, you receive messages every day from your higher self for your guidance through dreams. And That's right. That's what makes you just as powerful as somebody who channels and as beautiful as somebody who channels. They're not better or greater than you. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, your path is constantly receiving messages from the higher self, and that's what's important. And let me ask you this, sister. Is your is your mother still alive? Yes, my mother is. Okay, let me ask you a question. What's What's, like, one of the fine – what's one of the most pleasant – in any point in your life, from the time you were a child till now, what's like one of the most, something that your mother does or a fondest memory that you have, something that your mother might do, could be something that she cooks or experience you have with her, uh, anything in general that stands out in your mind about your mother? Making my mother laugh. All right, making your mother laugh. Yes, any of those experiences. Okay. (laughs) Now, now, here, let me give you an example how, like Brother Ravana Noon just said, how you can type in. When, you, when you're vibrating at that frequency, you can tap into that energy. Now, now, what I want you to do is identify a specific incident or one of those incidences that stand out where you made your mother laugh. Any one of them. It doesn't matter which one it is. Oh, okay. One, one specific. Well, I would have to say um, our neighbor's uh, son was getting married, and I went to the wedding. And I, and it was just a lot of funny stuff that happened while we were there. And okay. I came back and told my mom about it because she wouldn't go. And she was just Correct. really happy that I went so she could have something to laugh about when I got back home. Okay. Well, you see how you just, in a, in, in a, in a short nutshell, in a few seconds, you went right into your mind. You went back into an experience. You just explained it real brief. But I'm sure if you sat down in detail and you don't even have to speak the words, you could visualize that day. You can visualize exactly what happened. You could see your mother. You could see what she was wearing. You know what you were wearing. You could see the other people that were a part of that experience, et cetera. You can go right back to that experience and vibrate with its frequency because, like, that confirms what Ravana Noon just said. Though th- this energy is constantly vibrating on the planet. If it's um, something we term as somebody that's passed or an experience that's passed, 
we can go take ourselves right back there if we vibrate on that same frequency. So if you wanted to relive that day, anytime you wanted to lift your spirits up, say, if you were feeling maybe not in a good mood, you can go back to that anytime you choose by just recollecting the experience. That's what we're talking about. And that's why I had asked you that. It's no different with how somebody channels with the higher self. It's the same concept. So that's why I had asked you that. Um, But I appreciate that. All yeah, because right. I, I was so well. I, what I wanted to know, because I was just trying to um, understand, ex, you know, experiences that are happening within my own life. Because, like okay. for like seven days, you know, I have like this message coming that you know somebody's going to break in. It's going to be two guys. It's um, they're going to kick the door in, um, and they're going to take two TVs. And I'm like, okay, all right, I, I accept that spirit is telling me this. And sure enough, on Tuesday, my neighbors, that's exactly what happened to my neighbor's house. Right. So I'm well, like, when, okay, so is that spirit talking to me or is it just, you know, my higher self can see everything anyway all the time. I'm trying to figure out, do you just label it spirit or you, do you just acknowledge I'm connected, it's my higher self, just making me aware of what's going on around me. No, that's exactly what it is. It's your intuition. It is your higher self. So if you're sensing that, when when we start disciplining ourselves of what we call spiritually, by any forms, not just by studying, uh, by by you know meditation, uh, whatever personal spiritual practices uh, that you do that help and elevate you, there's no ones you should and should not do. So what it sounds like to me is you're disciplining yourself spiritually. What naturally happens, of course, our vibrational level is going to resonate with the higher self. And, and our intuition, our spirit, whatever, whatever you need to term it, will definitely kick in where you can start sensing these things. So most definitely, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's a, uh, a force outside of yourself that's communicating this to you. I would say it's you raising yourself up to the vibrational aspect of that, that's creating that reality that you can confirm. And like you said, you had that feeling or that intuition, and then it manifested itself. So basically your higher self is communicating this to you. It's, it's, it's tapping you into these frequencies. So, you know, it's that old saying, you know, don't go against your inner voice. You know, go with your first intuition. We always hear that. Never go against that. So I would, I would kind of listen to that if, that if that's kind of what you got going on. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> No, no problem, no problem. Uh, okay, let's go to let's go to the next call, and then we'll go online. We'll take a few questions. Um, Brother Saw, is there anything you wanted to add to that topic before we take the next call? No, you can go, ahead, brother. All right, cool. All right, let's go to. We got a call that has an ID. Uh, Lady Mystic, you're on the call. Lady Mystic, you are on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Lady Mystic, going once, going twice. Going three times. All right, gone. All right, let's go to the next call. Let's go to California. We got a call on the line from California. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Um, I don't have a question. Um, actually, no, I do have a question. I know the previous show you mentioned possibly getting um, Dennis William Huck. Correct. Um, and do so. I wanted to know, like, what was the update with that? Okay, and, um, yeah, the last update. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. And then my comment was just to say good show tonight, as always. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, we have communicated with uh, Dennis William Huck's um, secretary. 
if you do or do not know, he is a Rosicrucian, so he does a lot of work also with the Rosicrucians. So he's in the middle right now of finishing up a whole lecture series that he's doing. Um, so we're trying to get him on either in the middle of January or the first week in February. Uh, okay. So we'll, we'll definitely follow up with that. But he is one of the few lecturers on alchemy. He does a lot of work. He's very active, and he, he travels all over the place, and he does presentations and lectures everywhere. Um, so he definitely said he would come on the show um, when he's just trying to squeeze us in somewhere in between. And the reason why we were able to, to uh, communicate with him, because we're all Rosicrucians too, we, we, we belong to that fraternity too. It's one of the many aspects that we study. Uh, so we actually know him personally. So we're, we're definitely going to get him on the show and, um, you know, have him give a perspective of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about because um, it's, it's what he does. It's his specialty in his field. So that's what's going on with that. All right. All right. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Yes. Have a good night. All right. All right. Let's go online. Uh, I like this here that uh, one of the things that uh, Shangalatun 7 typed in earlier, the seven chakras. Uh, I know we, we can go into many different things and what the seven represents, like Mubama Noon just broke down the, uh, you know, the um, seven principles of Tehuti resonated with the seven chakras. Uh, when you go into the Masonic Lodge, you have the seven officers, which represent the seven chakras, the five principal officers, plus the senior deacon and the junior deacon. Uh, you might understand that if you're Masonic, if you travel through a Masonic lodge, you may not. But that symbology is always there with the number seven. And we mentioned uh, mystical orders, fraternities, secret societies, fraternal orders earlier, which are a good experience because the symbology that it can leave and impress on the subconscious mind and how you can correlate it to your personal experience can be powerful. Uh, not getting caught up in the literal aspect of it, but there's a lot of symbology. Uh, for an example, as Shango Atum 7 bring up, um, you could also tie in what it really represents in Egypt, the four corners, the northwest, southeast, actually represents the four sons of Heru. You all see an eye of Heru, of God. Um, when you take it back to the Egyptian principles, um, and you always have to remember when you get into that darkness or the chaotic energy, Remember, if you go through a Masonic lodge, the north is always darkness. So nothing is ever done in the north. There's a science behind that. That's where you'll really find Satuk or Set when you go to the north, into the darkness. And anybody that's been a part of a working lodge knows no work is ever done in the north. But they never explain to you. The only thing they tell you is that the north represents darkness. And that's it. You, you kind of don't really get a, a breakdown or explanation. But... Contrary to belief, the north is where the highest states of consciousness in that representation, representation of that psyche of where the intellect is really sparked. But there's a whole other breakdown to that. So, yeah, there's a lot of symbologies on that. Uh, I don't know if you brothers wanted to add anything to that before we go to the next question. Well, let me just say this because uh, I'm going to excuse myself because I'm about to get off. So, um, Brothers and sisters, if y'all want to stay in touch, uh, hit me up at Ravana Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, at Facebook, or Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. It's been a pleasure speaking with y'all, um, and I'll catch up with you brothers at a later date, but I got to get going, all right? All right, brother Ravana. Appreciate it, brother. We'll yeah. see you next week. All right. Um, thanks, brother. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, those – do you want to add something to that, Asar? No. Go ahead. Okay. Did you want to say something? Oh, no, no. No, I didn't want to say that. No, no. Okay. 
All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of symbologies, uh, you know, with that. Um, as we were talking about the lodge, uh, I mean, many many of the mystical orders, and, and as we discussed a few weeks ago, and, and I always run into people, and they'll blow it off because I know they've never been through it. They say, "Oh, that's white people shit." Well, you need to experience why it's white people shit. If that's your breakdown on it, and that's it, and then when I go and I plug deeper and say, "If that's white people shit, what about it is white people shit?" Well, everything. And then you'll ask him some detail. All right, let's say, for example, the Fifth Temple degree of the Rosicrucian Order. What's white people shit about it? And then they just stand there looking stupid. So that's what we meant earlier when we said don't speak on things you don't know because you look like a jackass or you look like a fool. You understand? Because then you're just basing it on either what you heard, what you read, but you can't confirm it. And that's kind of, that's kind of where the problem comes in when dealing with certain levels of information. All right? All right, so let's go back to the phone. We'll take a few more calls, a few more questions. Let's go to, we got a call on the line from Southeast Pennsylvania. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Peace, brother. I'm just listening. All right, we appreciate that, brother. Thanks. All right, let's go to, all it says is Florida. We got a call on the line. It just says Florida. You're on the call, Florida. Can you hear us? We can hear you. Just hear a bunch of background noise. Florida, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? All right. Just some background noise there. All right, let's go to the next call. We got East Maryland. You're on the call. East Maryland. Do you have hey, a question or a comment? What's going on, bro? Yeah, this is uh, Jeff Morgan. You know, um, you know, guys, you know, this is a quick comment. I have been noticing a lot, like y'all been saying, a lot of these conscious people, especially the ones that are in the, uh, like, the conscious uh, Facebook groups and stuff, and they have all of these um, God and goddesses' names and stuff, you know. But yet they ask questions like, how do you do a protection ritual? And their name is Oshun, you know what I'm saying? And it's baffling me. Because I'm like, if you have all of these goddess names and all this power, and just in your name itself, why do you need some? Why do you need to ask someone what for protection ritual? I, I agree. This is bothering my mind. So, and then also too, um, and I'm noticing a lot that uh, a lot of the people they're not reading or studying, you know. That's right. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not just saying. So, but so you know, so thank you guys for the call. I mean, uh, you know, for the uh, shows. I appreciate all the stuff I'm learning and and uh, and I'm growing. You know, so this this is good. I appreciate it. No, but Jeff, you bring up you bring up a really good point. Uh, you know, like you say, somebody will have a name. Uh, you know, Ashun. Like I was initiated in the Yoruba. That's that that is my guardian, Orisio Ashun. And when you bring that point up, the funny thing about it is, I would ask that person, protect you from what. Now, bottom line is a true person, a true alchemist, a master metaphysicist who deals with metaphysics, a metaphysician, knows that the only way something can harm you is if you believe in your subconscious mind it can harm you and in your conscious mind. So this individual obviously has accepted the fact in their mind that something can harm them externally. That's the only reason why you would be asking for a ritual to protect you against harm. So again, this is somebody that subconsciously is going outside of themselves, externalizing, you know, issues that they might be dealing with. So I would ask that person, one, what is it you're seeking the ritual for to protect you from who or what? 
I guarantee you, once you get that explanation, that will speak in volumes to what's really going on because you'll hear some shit like somebody's trying to do spiritual work on me or somebody's trying to harm me or et cetera, et cetera. And then you'll find out if you probe deeper, it's a reality that they've accepted. And again, nobody can harm you unless you actually believe in your mind. That's how magic works. When it's magic to, to set out to try to harm somebody physically, you have to first and foremost, the person that is being worked on has to accept the fact that something can be done to them. But you, it, that's the whole point we're bringing up. And again, not saying we don't need a forum where we need to intellectualize and dialogue, but it kills me the same thing. We, we've turned this into kind of like a circus. Like I said, why would you have that name? You know, if you really uh, were initiated in those mysteries, like for an example, Oshun got many paths. The path I have of Oshun is an old warlock that actually worked magic. It's an aspect of Oshun that resides down by the riverside and worked magic. Oshun is just not about sex and lust and, and physical pleasures. That's, the, that's the, the mainstream garbage. Anybody that was really initiated in the mysteries of Oshun wouldn't know how to work spiritual magic. They wouldn't have to ask somebody. Now, that's either somebody that just took the name because the shit sounded good or they gravitated towards what Oshun represented, but mm -hmm. if, you, if you can't live up to it, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, but definitely, most definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Appreciate and, the call. Yeah, and I, and, more, and I asked them, too, when this is the last thing, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, and I asked them, too. I said, well, if the letter Neturu has explained and shown us that divinity resides within us and right. not outside of us, so why, and that's why I was like, why are you still feeling and believing anything can harm you and you are not, and if you say you're a goddess, then why aren't you acting, performing like that? So, I mean, you know, so I was like, okay. Well, well you know what? That's uh, a good, well, you know what that ties into? And I can tell you this from experience. Most of those people probably belong to what they call a house either in Santeria uh, or, or some form of Yoruba. Uh, most people that practice it here in America usually belong to a house of Santeria. Even the, the houses of the Babalawas that practice Ifa are still highly influenced by Christianity. Now, especially if you belong to Latino branches of this, because most of the Santeros and Santeras in America, most of them, are come from that Latino background. Even the African-American ones are highly influenced, and I'm telling you this from experience. Now, where that theory comes in, most of them are so busy serving the Santero or Santero of their house, and they're being told this in spiritual readings. And when you really get down to the core of it, you'll find out that's kind of a system of control too because they're always told they need to do this ritual or they need to take this initiation or they have to take this cleansing to get rid of this spirit. So they're constantly serving this principle. And, and unfortunately, I came to that realization being, being in a house for over six years, realizing this is a bunch of religious bullshit. When you really look at the essence of what Oshun represents and get to the core essence of it, they'll take that and they will make it into a religion, literally. And they literally worship this externally, and they'll say stupid shit like, if I don't do this ritual for Oshun, Oshun's going to be mad at me. If I don't, uh, you know, take the, uh, the pot of honey with the five oranges down to the river for this cleansing ritual to remove this spirit, uh, then, you know, something bad is going to happen to me. So what happens is you start to believe that in your subconscious mind. And then you start feeling it. You say, if I don't do this, I feel like something bad is going to happen. More than likely, that's that type of individual. Because wow. like you said, that's the, I guarantee if you ask them, 
I guarantee you, you'll 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 start to connect, but but most definitely. Well, we definitely appreciate the call, brother. Appreciate Thank the call. Appreciate, appreciate y'all. Thank you. Right. Thank you, brother Jeff. Brother, sorry, anything you want to add to that, brother? Oh no, you can continue with the questions, brother. Uh, your brother, ain't you ain't you Shango, brother? You actually Shango, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Shango. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted just wanted to clarify that, make sure. All right. Well, yeah, that's, but that's what happens, though, brother. People start to really believe in their subconscious mind. And, and I know you went through that, too. You start believing that if you don't do, like, say, if you don't light that candle for that, for that Orishi, something bad is going to happen. See, that's where the religion now, – now we just got it all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, if, if, if you don't put this coconut out here, if you don't, if you don't do, you know, put 10,000 glasses of water out each day, you fucked. Exactly. So yeah, that 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 definitely can create that mindset, and then then it becomes all twisted because that's not what it was all about. But anyway, let's go back to the phones. Actually, let's scroll up. Let's let's take some comments off the line. Let me let me scroll up. Uh, I know we had some comments earlier. Oh, this is good right here. Uh, this was typed in earlier by guest ten, which I thought was a good comment. And it was in reference to when we were talking about the root chakra earlier, and he had typed in, he or she typed in earlier. I don't know if they're still here. I think they left. Uh, they had typed in earlier that um, anybody that tries to put down the root chakra and boost the higher planes over it, I say cut off your, your dick and balls, man. And that's true <laughs> because it's, it, if the root chakra is not grounded, we talked about this several times on the show, and I know I know this is one of your special fields of study, uh, brother. So, um, if that's not functioning, man, it's all for naught. You can't you can't activate your pineal gland if your root chakra is all fucked up and you're not grounded in the root chakra. The root mm-hmm. chakra is also tied into your personal development, just as a that's human right. being. That's right. And what I mean by that. You know, your root chakra deals with your first years of being a human being. You know, um, security. That's right. Do, do do you feel do you feel that you are secure when that you are securely attached? And what I mean by securely attached, meaning when your your caretakers, your parents, or whoever that was taking care of you during those first couple of years of your life, did they make you feel safe? Did they make you feel secure? Did, did you feel, feel? Did you feel like you were fed enough? Did you feel like you know this or that? And understand this: if you have, if you had problems from birth to those first couple of years of life, understand you have root chakra issues. Meaning, That's guess right. what? Even though you're aging throughout your life, you still are not developing full. Uh, we lost you, brother. You got disconnected. We'll see if we can get him back on. Uh, brother, sorry, I got disconnected. I'm going to go to another um, comment that was typed in earlier uh, about Almighty Virginia typed in earlier. Uh, the space between the light and the dark is where the balance and force is. Uh, then this goes on to say, no, it's funny. My philosophy, this is good here. You're going to like this. My philosophy teacher basically tells the class that there is no such thing as a personal it's objective reality, which that's completely false. Now, everyone's individual – hold on, we got Brother Saw back on. Uh, we'll go back to this. Brother Saw, we had lost you for a second. 
Can you hear me? Hold on, I'm still mute. Can you hear me, brother? Sorry. No, I was just saying, uh, you know, I kind of got cut off. But um, go ahead. When you have issues in that root chakra from your first years of life, understand if you don't deal with that issue, yeah, you can grow up as a human being and you can build your human personality. You can even get into metaphysics and get all deep and shit. But understand this. That problem still is there, and guess what? You're, that part of yourself, that security part of yourself, is still fucked up. And guess what? Psychologically, it's, you're fucked, and on a spiritual level, you're fucked because, you know, your root chakra is the root of who you are. That's that's going back into the soul, your soul seed, who you really are. So understand, like, yeah, you can grow up as a human being, but if you haven't developed your root chakra as far as human, the human experience, consciousness, you know, um, being securely attached, feeling like you were, you was held enough, things like that. It, it may seem small, but that shit affects you on a whole nother level that you may not even realize. You know why? Um, it's funny you say that. It, it, it's also like the female that, that's constantly in abusive relationships nine out of ten times she witnessed that her whole life. And subconsciously, whether she's aware of it or not, it's stamped in her subconscious mind that it's okay to be in those fucked up relationships. You know, same principle. Yeah, she, you know, she feels it's okay to be in fucked up relationships. She feels it's okay to be abused because, you know, that's normal to her, you know, from based upon her experiences. But that's why it's important. You got to start at the root first. You got to start, you know, see, the, the problem that we have in today in the metaphysical community is a lot of people, they talk about chakras and shit, but they don't teach the in, they don't teach about it inside out. And what I That's mean right. by that is they don't teach about the development part of the chakras. Chakras ain't just these super spiritual centers, you know, that you're just going to flow off into the astral world. Understand Chakras are developmental centers as well. Every chakra develops at a different stage of your life, understand, right. based upon your life experiences. Right. So understand this. Like I said, if you go back to your first years of life, if you got issues from your first years of life, you can be motherfucking 89 years old. You know, if you haven't developed in that area, you're going to still have those same issues and get a part of, kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it in the nicest way. <laughs> part of yourself is fucking retarded, pretty much. That's <laughs> the <laughs> so best way I can say it. You know what I mean? Out of, you, out of all the consciousness shit, all that shit, if, if you have issues, you know, dealing that you know issues back in your childhood and things like that that stunted the growth of your chakra. Like I said, you can go, you can grow up to be a motherfucking eighty-year-old man or woman if you have root chakra issues and you haven't properly developed that chakra. In some ways, you are mentally retarded. Hate to say it, it's this reality. This is why it's important to go into the subconscious mind to do that work. To find out your issues, to dig deep, because you don't, you know, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of consciousness, the whole purpose 
of metaphysics and spirituality was to be a wholesome person. This is what, when you go into the, the world, the three world religions, main world religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, what is the whole purpose that they're always teaching about? To be a holy person. Holy is the same thing as whole. To be That's whole. Right. Wholesome. That's right. That was the goal. It's to right. be a whole person. Because when you was a whole person, that's when you knew self. That's when you truly know thyself. But, it, you know, I didn't want to go too much into that. But, yeah, that's, that's no, chakras, no, chakras. Chakras deal with stages of life. It deals with life experiences. It ain't, you know, chakras are spiritual. I understand they're spiritual centers, but they're also psychological centers as well. That's right. That's right. Excellent you know, point. People, people get it twisted. They get super spiritual, <laughs> and and they forget to balance that shit out. There's another aspect to that, a developmental stage. There's developmental stages in these chakras. That's and right. You, and you're supposed to develop each chakra properly to be whole. That's right. Excellent point. Uh, let's go to this next comment. I started to read after you got disconnected, but I'm going to start over. Uh, this was typed in earlier by Almighty Regina, which I think this is a good comment, too. And it just this is going to show you how the educational system on a, any level, be it high school, college, elementary, how it's all part of the system of indoctrination. Listen to this stuff. Um, the space between the light and dark is where the balancing force is. Uh, then this person goes on to type, no, it's funny. My philosophy teacher basically tells the class that there is no such thing as a personal and subjective reality, that everyone's individual perspective on how they view reality is skewed and flawed. I'm sitting in the back of the class silently laughing to myself at what he is teaching. I've seen it a few times. So this is the shit that you will get because when people can't explain shit, they'll, that's what philosophy is. Philosophy is basically an opinion. For anybody to think that there's not a personal and a subjective reality obviously doesn't understand the higher sciences. This is basically saying, I don't want you to master your destiny or to understand the mysteries of life in the universe. So that's basically a religious explanation. You understand? That's basically saying that you're stupid and you can't perceive anything. And if you have your own personal uh, take on it based on your experience, it's it's screwed and flawed. That's got to be the most ridiculous shit that I ever heard in my life. But this is not that individual's fault that's teaching. This is what they're instructed to teach. And this is kind of the shit that when we say we have to reprogram the subconscious mind, uh, when you really want to know what the process is to get on that path, we have to be retaught everything we were taught because we've constantly, from an early stage in life, uh, we've been taught wrong. Uh, we've been programmed in the sense of indoctrination. When I say indoctrination, a systematic way of being taught how to think. That's that's all that that is. I don't want to make it sound all conspiracy theory and shit and get all, you know, on that tip. But you know, line, you know, another another thing, just dealing with many college teachers. I'm not going to say all professors. Correct. But many many of them, they study in a particular field of information. Correct. So that leaves them, in a lot of ways, that leaves them limited in what they can teach 
unless they do other research other than, you know, what they learn in their field. Correct. A lot of a lot of times too, when you're dealing with professors, they they like yeah they have a limited perspective. They don't they can only teach you certain things. And when you when you as a student come in their class, and sometimes you bring ideas that they may have not done the research on, it could sometimes you know rub their egos the wrong way. That's correct. You know, because now they feel challenged. You know, now they're like, holy shit. You know, how am I going to explain something that I never studied? Correct. You and know, I've, I've, uh, I've experienced that. My 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 son, who's been to college classes, literally will ask shit just, just intentionally, and he'll get the biggest moose answers ever. <laughs> and, and he'll come home and tell me, and he'll be like, you know, but like you said, you just explain why, and that that's true, most definitely true. Yeah, because um, that's that's the key right there is a lot of these dudes or women, they're only studying in one particular form of information, and that is their limit. Correct. I'm going to take two more good comments. Uh, first, I'm going to go to uh, something that Lady Mystic typed in, and then I'm going to go back to something Guest 22 just typed in. But let's go. I'm gonna, I want to explain this. Uh, let's let's address this because unfortunately this is a there, there's there's racism within the conscious community, and let, let me read this. Uh, and Lady Mystic had typed in a mixed child has a child with a white person. All right, mixed child. Keep that in mind. That would be somebody of mixed race, black, and mixed with whatever other ethnicity. And their child is born with so little black that they look white. Is this child still melanated? The answer most definitely is yes. And let me explain this. Now, you're going to get a different variation on this. Now, the pro-black, black, super black conscious people that are just stuck on that pure blackness, and like we said earlier, I don't care how dark-skinned you are, you're a fourth-generation melanated person. You're not from the pure seas. I don't give a fuck what you say. Uh, we're all right now a product of fourth-generation melanated people. What we have to get established in our mind, let me, let me clarify this on ethnicity and nationality. Let's, let's clarify this. Ethnicity or nationality does not define your race, all right? You fall under just three categories. You're one of those three, and this will put this, will put this all bed to rest. Now, it's going to be a variation of what you manifest physically and how you look, but we need to decipher neuromelanin and neuromelanin, and people need to understand the difference between the two and how they function. For an example, if you are Puerto Rican, Colombian, Dominican, Panamanian, if you're Jamaican, Haitian, uh, Trinidadian, Barbados, African-American, etc., even some Japanese and Asians, you are part of the melanated family, okay? You're either a mongoloid, a caucasoid, or a negroid, point blank. That's basic science. You can read that in, in, in eighth grade science. Every nationality falls under one of those categories. Now, th- th- this is the point. Let's use the example of somebody that says they're Puerto Rican, all right? No such thing. doesn't exist. We know Puerto Rican, and this is basic bullshit research one can do, just means rich port. When, when the Portuguese and all the other various slave masters, the Spaniards, 
colonized these places, they gave it a name. So when you say Puerto Rican, you're just saying rich port. That is not a race. Puerto Ricans would fall under the Negroid category. Yes, they are mixed with Caucasian, Native American, Indo-European, and also African. They have the melanated gene. Well, we got to get locked in our mind. All this bullshit that we separate and identify with. Let me give you an example. If a Haitian and Jamaican are riding in a car together and a cop pulls them over, you just niggas, period. They ain't going to say, oh, Haitian, get out of the car. Jamaican, you get out of the car next. At that point in time, you just niggas, period. So we got to stop all this bullshit, not understanding what ethnicity is. Now, there'll be other people out there that disagree with that. They'll, they'll just say things that, oh, well, you know, uh, this defines what black is. The point is everybody has that level of neuromelanin, period. Even when you get down to your Caucasian people, they have a level of, of, of the neuromelanin, period. So everybody has levels of traces of it, but everybody doesn't tie into the, what we call the African melanated family. You would define your ethnicity would, would tie you in based on what you think that ethnicity is. For an example, Native Americans, they would be your mongoloids. Most of your Asians would be your mongoloids, but there's some Japanese that look straight up black. If you go back to some of the real pure Japanese, they have African features outside of the Asian-looking eyes. They have dark melanated skin, African-looking features. They also, too, are part of the melanated family. We have to understand this. If we knew that power and people would gather on that principle and not just define themselves by their nationality, ethnicity, and their own culture, because a lot of these cultures we gravitate, if you're from the Caribbean, if you're Latino, if you're, if you're from the, anywhere in the Caribbean, Jamaica or Trinidad, we, we have self-hate and separation amongst each other based on that. We don't like each other based on a particular, I, I see down here, uh, leaving New York and, and, and coming down here and looking how Haitians are treated down here is baffling to me. Okay, I, I've never seen so much hate by black people towards other black people. I've never met more racist Latinos in my life down here called Cubans who, as I said last week, I don't care how white a Cuban looks, if they shake that tree, a nigga's going to fall out of that tree. That's just a scientific fact. But what tends to happen is whatever an individual looks like, that's what they're going to tend for the most part to gravitate towards. So when you look at a lot of these Cubans that look Caucasian, they want to fit in because they look Caucasian. They want to act Caucasian. They want to dress Caucasian. They want to wear their hair Caucasian. And they fit in. They're more comfortable with being Caucasian. And what that does in turn is create a self-hate within themselves. So now they start believing that they're Caucasian. Now, we know when you look at Cubans and Dominicans, Cubans and Dominicans can be so fair-skinned that they look almost Caucasian, but then you see some Dominicans or Cubans, if they didn't tell you they were Dominican or Cuban, you would think they were straight-up black. So that's how the gene pool works. Let's not get that twisted. So the answer to that question is if any individual mixed, mixed with a white, that, that melanated seed is still there. Now, how it manifests physically is going to vary. So that, that individual could look more Caucasian, but by DNA and blood, you are who you are by your blood, point blank. And when you trace the blood types, that's going to determine who, who and what you really are. And we kind of discussed that last week a little bit. Your blood type, O positive, O negative, that's predominantly Nubian or melanated blood. A negative, A positive, AB, B, B blood, that's predominantly more Caucasian genealogy. Now the answer to the question is you could be dark-skinned with DNA blood, but will you have more of that 
Caucasian genetic running through the bloodline. That's, that's what's in the blood. Now, it doesn't mean you're Caucasian. It just means you need to know that because that's going to determine what type of spirits in your DNA, your family DNA, that's connected to you. The blood type will tell you who you are, regardless of if you look Caucasian, if you look black, et cetera, vice versa. You can get somebody very fair-skinned that has that old positive-dominated blood. It could be looking 100% Caucasian. But somewhere in that genealogy, the melanated gene dominated by way of the DNA and the blood. That's science. That's very that's very Grand powerful brother. too. That's very powerful too because uh, you know, and this is a reality. I, you know, I don't give a fuck if the pro white crackers or the pro black niggas don't want to accept this reality. But yeah, I don't care what you say, where you come from. Ninety nine percent of the motherfuckers on this planet is mixed. Even the niggas and even the niggas in Africa are just as mixed as anybody else. You look at the Yodaba. I give you an example. You look at the Yodaba people, for example. Yes, the niggas is black as night over there, but they have a history. The Yodaba people having ha, have been in slavery under the Arabs. You know what I mean? And the Arabs was fucking fucking those African women. You know, making babies and shit at a certain period of time. You know. Um, Fucking, you know, the French went into certain parts of Africa, like Cameroon and places like that. You know, they release and they seed in different, you know, women there. You know, um, fucking um, the, you look at Puerto Rico, you know, just Puerto Rico, for example. There was a lot of Arab women that were enslaved over there. It was a lot of fucking mixing. I mean, everybody fucking makes. That's Even right. Niggas. So, you hey. know. Huh? No, good point. No, no, go ahead, brother. Good point. No, I'm saying, so, yeah, you know, the only motherfuckers that you you probably find that's not mixed on this planet is the goddamn pygmies and motherfucking Africa. And nobody on this planet is them anymore. But here, here, here here's the fucked up part. And I've mentioned this in the past a while back, and I'm going to mention it again. And I've had a conversation with brothers in the Nation of Islam. I've had this conversation with brothers uh, that are black Hebrew Israelites, uh, brothers that are Nawabians. Um, Everybody's on this black shit. The original God is black. Speaking in race and the creation of the white man or who they term as the devil, I still ain't got a logical explanation to this because everybody dances around this question. If you want to recruit me, let's say the black Hebrew Israelites want to recruit me into their organization, and, you know, they're anti-cracker this, anti-white this, the white man this, that's all. Like I said, if they didn't talk about the white man or the devil, they would really have nothing to talk about because that's what their their whole doctrine is built on, just just filling up your ego with the white man did this. And, you know, everything is a white man. I'm fucking poor and broke because the white man did it. You know, I'm a bum. The white man did it, you know. This is their explanation to everything, right? So I asked one simple question, and these motherfuckers, man, they got so riled up that they just looked at me like I was some fucking monster. Here's the question, and and, and I don't ever get a logical answer. I'll tell you the answers I do get. If that's the case, if you believe you're a black Hebrew Israelite or any of these groups, that you're in connection with the supreme black God, the original God, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it, Yahweh, whatever, Allah, whatever. My question to you is this. You're recruiting me 
into your organization, and then you're telling me that there is a group of beings or a force called the devil that manifested in human form as the white man or the Caucasian. That's what most of these organizations teach in some form or fashion. But when I ask you the question, what was the purpose of your black God allowing the creation of the white man? Why did, why, why did he allow this? Do you understand? You know what the answers I get? You're trying to recruit me for the same God that is the very root and cause of all your problems. Because when I simply ask you a question, don't get mad. Okay, if, if Yahweh is the original God that's for all black people on the planet, and I need to join the Hebrew Israelites because Yahweh's going to crack the sky and send an army of angels to save us and destroy all white people, why the fuck did Yahweh create white people in the first place? And I'll ever get a logical answer. Here's what I get. Well, you see, brother, in the Bible, Esau and Je- – no, I didn't ask you genetically how you think the white man came about because that's all faith and belief, too. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I don't want to hear about Yakub in his backyard with magnets and he grabbed <laughs> That's bullshit, too. I ain't trying to hear that. I don't want to hear about no flugel rods and I don't want to hear about no Canaanites cursing leprosy. science, nigga. That's all faith and belief. I don't give a fuck. What you say, it's, it's faith – to a certain extent. The question I'm asking, I'm not asking how you genetically think and scientifically you think the white man came about. That's not the question. The question you need to ask these people is, why does your black God or did your black God allow the existence, why did he create white folks anyway? Because if he didn't create them or whatever God you believe in didn't create them, we wouldn't even be in this mess. See, that's no different when these are same people that speak out against white people and their religion, their God and devil concept. See, what we do in the conscious community, we kind of do the same thing, but we just sprinkle it with some Afrocentricity bullshit. You understand? That's, that's the thing we got to get away from because bottom line is... It, it also leaves the question, too, because, you know, in the slave trade, a lot of nations you know, were um, sent to the Western Hemisphere. Correct. You know, give you an example, the Yoruba people. Correct. Where was the, where was these black Orisha guys when all this shit was happening? That's right. Where the fuck were they? And now, like you say, Nigeria is infiltrated by Arabs. Islam is a more predominant uh, religion in Nigeria today then Ifa is. How the fuck did that happen? Exactly. Anybody got an explanation on that? See, why, people did, why, did, why, did, why did these powerful Orishas allow this shit to happen? Bottom line is this. It ain't got nothing to do with anything outside. As we said, nothing exists outside of the self. This is just a human thing. And when people try to explain things on the point especially this concept of race, because like I said, there's racism within the spiritual conscious community. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You're either not black enough or you're too light or, you know, people will use that as a means of attack. We use that same Willie Lynch bullshit, you understand, that other people did back during those times. We, we categorize each other. We, we, we put each other in certain classifications. And then these these mindsets are created that like the sister that typed in earlier about that question, like some people have to defend their blackness. And then I see the reverse of that. Then you got other people out there. There's a lot of these 
light-skinned Negroes that are part of these pro-black organizations that like to spit off about how black they are. And to me, that's they're, they're insecure about their light-skinnedness, so they always got to talk this black shit all the time. I'm black this, I'm black that, and fuck the white man, and the white man's a devil, and blah, 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 blah. That's the insecurity. So it works, it works two ways. And this shit's got to stop because at the end of the day, when you take it back to the essence, you'll find out when you get caught up in that race shit, that's going to be your downfall because dealing with alchemy and the stuff that we're talking about tonight, you're going to find out it goes well beyond that. You're going to find out what you call the Caucasian or the white man is a less, is a lesser manifestation of something you brought into existence. Now you got to understand that on an alchemical level. You can't understand that on a physical level because if the only thing you can come at me with is, well, you see, Canaan was cursed with leprosy, or you can come at me with some fluoride <laughs> bullshit, or some Yakub grafted the devil, or some, or some Edomite <laughs> story. I mean, that's faith and belief, man. Niggas, Yaku, you can't prove that Yaku shit. was playing with two magnets and carried away, man. Come on. Now, here's an interesting comment, and I agree. <laughs> guess, guess, guess 24. I, I definitely agree with this shit. Um, guess 24 and typed in, let me read this, and we can, we can, me and you can relate to this, brother, most definitely. It said, when we were talking about uh, Hebrew Israelites, uh, and for those that are just on the call on the phone and can't, can't see, I'm going to read it for you. Um, it says, I think groups like the Hebrew Israelites are for, are for the children to fall in love with their blackness. So, so true. But you must not stop there. Groups like that help me love my blackness. True, to an extent, but I moved on instantly. People defend the Yakub story, and that's true indeed. Top speakers, the Flugelrods, Shambella and Agatha, that's all you new Wapians. Maldekians, Rumardians, Troglodytes. In my opinion, <laughs> Malachi, Malachi York done what George Lucas, most definitely, was the creator of Lord of the Rings done. He created a whole universe. That's true. If you are a Star Wars fan or Lord of the Rings fan, you know that every plant, plant being life form, has a name. Even if it went mentioned in the movie, it would be in comic books. This, they choose which way they're going to keep it. And that's true. And earlier, that's why we were saying... You have to raise yourself up to the reality of what truth is. So if you have a personal experience and you've, you've confirmed it, that's a personal reality of truth to you. The problem is when people like Farrakhan and Dr. York start convincing other people to accept their personal experiences, whether they made the shit up or not is irrelevant. But when you start to accept it without confirming it, like for an example, you talk, half of them niggas ain't never been to the planet risk. Stop fooling yourself. They read about the shit in Malachi's books. Now, it's unique that he made the shit, whatever, how he created the concept. Now, they'll tell you stupid shit like, oh, well, you know, Risk is a planet in the 19th galaxy in Ilium. You can't prove that shit. Show me any astrological star map other than Malachi's books where you can prove that. I'm going to tell you where he did get the concept from. That gets into a whole other story when you go back into the Quran and you go back into the, one of the attributes of a law called Razaku, the provider. The word risk has root in the word wazaku. It's the same thing. He took it from the Arabic word. Now, if that's something outside of extraterrestrial, how can I trace it back to the Arabic of the Quran? That's a whole other fucking story I don't even want to waste no energy on. But my point is, when you start accepting people's personal experiences without confirming them for yourself, now you've fallen into the trap of faith and belief. So you can't, if Farrakhan said he's been on the mothership, maybe he has. I'm not saying he hasn't. But if you ain't been there, nigga, that shit ain't real to you yet. 
So don't go walking around saying you're devoted to Farrakhan because he communicates with the mother plant. Nigga, any of us can communicate with the mother plant. We all can communicate with the mother plant. You understand? That shit is irrelevant. But what tends to happen is then people become these loyal, fanatical, devoted followers, and they take every word that these people say as fact. And then they get mad when you start to ask them questions, like the black Hebrew Israelites did. Every time I have a conversation with a nation of Islam, here's where the conversation ends. If the white man is the devil, all I need to do is look at Master Farad Muhammad. Explain to me what that shit is all about. And then here, here I go with the sensationalism. Well, you know, he had to personify as half black and half white so he could appeal to the masses. <laughs> really? Really? You mean the all-powerful black god that created the, the boundless universe had to trick the very people he created and come in the form of half Caucasian, half black? What the doesn't fuck even, kind of garbage is that, brother? Doesn't even make any sense. At all. So you're telling me that's your explanation, or is it somebody subliminally is still having you worship a European and you're not conscious of it? Maybe it's got to do with that, brother, because I can't see you up there ranting and raving and calling the white man the devil this and that, and the very picture you have posted as the law in the flesh, that looks like a straight-up Caucasian to me. I don't see any blackness in that picture. If you're going to talk about blackness, and, and again, not like it matter, matters to me. I couldn't give two shits. But my point is, if Bar, you are one of those... Muhammad, correct. Bar, Bar Muhammad doing, this, doing the same shit that a lot of other motherfuckers have been doing for a long time. That's right. And, you know, they, they, come, they come as some divine being. I'm giving you some special revelations. And, you know, this motherfucker, he just studied a little bit of metaphysics, and he he's smart enough to make you think he knows some shit that you don't know. Of course. <laughs> and now you're oh, a follower, and now now you're going to spookism and shit. That's so true. But, uh, yeah, excellent points. Let's see if we can just uh, squeeze in a few more calls. Let's go back to the phone. I know we took a bunch of comments online. Uh, let's go to, uh, we got guest 12. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Guest 12. Going once. Guest 12, are you there? Do you have a question or a comment? All right, nobody there. Let's go to, oh, I think this is my sister, Shalini, from Buffalo, New York. Uh, sister Shalini, you're on the call. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? All right, sister, how you doing? Huh? Enjoying y'all, listening to you, you know, enjoying everybody right now. Listen to okay. some exciting information. Cool. All right. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. All right, you have a good night. You too. All right. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's take another call. If you don't have a question or a comment, just say just listen. And if you don't have a question or a comment, let's go to uh, Mississippi. You're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment, Mississippi? I'm just listening. I appreciate it. All right, no problem, sis. All right, so I think we'll we'll stop with the calls. Um, I think we uh, kind of went over a lot of a lot of information tonight. Um, and, again, the point, if uh, I know some of you might have came on late, uh, the main thing we were discussing, dark side alchemy, inner depths of the subconscious mind. Stop accepting anything that exists outside of your subconscious mind, okay? Stop, stop labeling yourself, putting titles on yourselves. Stop thinking that somebody else is going to do the shit for you. Nobody 
is going to take you to the promised land. I don't give a fuck what you think in your mind. Nobody's <laughs> taking you to uh, the mother plane or Nibiru or heaven or wherever the fuck you think you're going to go in your mind when you die. And if you think somebody has that power and you're foolish enough to put your life and, and your soul into somebody's hands, then you're fucking sadly mistaken. That's the whole point. Uh, dealing with dark side alchemy and transformation dealing with the higher selves, the seven hermetic principles, the chakras, as we go back, pull the elements from the show, meditate on it, and, and, and the thought process that comes to you will put it into perspective for you. That's the whole point of doing what we do, and the whole point is for you to see the only master you need is look right in the mirror. You're going to find out you, ain't, you never really needed anything outside of that. Okay, it doesn't mean, again, as I've said a million times, that you can't study, you can't have a teacher, you can't, you know, follow an elder. But when you exclusively do that and you cut yourself off from the divine consciousness that permeates the very universe and multiverses and quasiverses that we exist in, now you cut yourself off. So when you exclusively take on these titles, now you're fucked. You understand? That's the whole point of why we do what we do. And this is why when you deal with alchemy and metaphysics, uh, the occult, whatever terminology you need to give it, it'll take you beyond that. That's it. But in essence, there is really no title on any of this shit. We only give it titles because we as humans feel if we don't title it, we're not comfortable with it. If we don't put a beginning and an ending on something, we're not comfortable with the shit. You know, so it's easy for people to believe there's a beginning, there's an end. There's a God that controls everything. There's a devil that's going to do something to you if you're bad. See, that shit's easy. When you don't want to study and you don't want to really, you know, do the spiritual work. So I'm just going to fall into that stupidity belief and think if I'm good, I'm going to heaven. If I'm bad, I'm going to fucking hell. I mean, come on, man. Them days is over, man. That's kindergarten shit. All it is is escapism. That's all it is. It's a way to escape from dealing with your shit. Head first, so I gotta create. I gotta create gods and goddesses, and I gotta put motherfucking you know oil on the altar and do all this magical shit. You know what I mean? Baby oil you on know, my ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know I gotta get all spiritual and shit. You know, yep. it's all anything to distract you from dealing with the shit that's inside of you. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. And I'm not Most really understand. I'm not down anybody that do does that type of shit, you know. I'm just saying the core essence of all of our work. This is why your path is has nothing to do with nobody else's path. Because your path is your personal motherfucking path. The key is, are you walking your path? That's it. And when, when I say, are you walking your path, I don't mean are you following uh, a book full of rituals. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about following somebody else's philosophy. I'm talking about are you walking your motherfucking path? That's are right. You doing what's best for you for your personal transformation. That's right. That's key. That's, that's what this shit is about. That's it. All right, brother. I think we're gonna stop there. Uh, well, but before we give our uh, information before we close. Um, just to make two quick announcements, um, next Saturday, if you are in the South Florida area in Miami Gardens, that's uh, going to be on Saturday, 
December 19th at 7.30 p.m. at Sophia's Garden of Ma'at in Miami Gardens. Uh, I will be there this Saturday doing a lecture that starts at 7.30. Uh, admission is free. There's no charge to get in. Uh, but, again, we just ask to support the vendors that are there, uh, sister that owns the, the spot, uh, cooks a bunch of vegan food, all natural stuff. So, you know, there's plenty of uh, good, healthy, natural food there to eat, if that's your thing. Um, so, again, no charge for the event. We just ask that you just, you know, show a little love to the vendors. Um, again, I'll also be out there with a ton of books and products on all the stuff that we're talking about tonight. Um, so definitely if you're in the area on that Saturday the 19th, definitely come out and check that out. The other event I definitely want to put out there, I put out last week, and I'll promote it uh, going into the final week. On the following Saturday, December 26th, we're having a big drumming ceremony slash ritual. Uh, it's going to be at Oak Hammock Park in Sunrise, Florida. That's going to be on Saturday, December 26th at uh, 1 o'clock, I believe that starts. Um, cultural attire of any choice you want. We don't care what it is, whatever you gravitate towards. There's a reason for that. That will be explained when you, if you do show up at the event. Uh, if you drum, definitely bring a drum. If you play any type of cultural instrument, bring it. If you don't drum, that's fine, too. Come out, dance, participate. This is not a ritual where you come and watch. This is a, a ritual that you participate in. Uh, what the ritual is going to focus on, it's going to be five days after the winter solstice, it's going to be drawing down uh, certain vibrational energy of the deity, Satuk, or Set, because uh, this winter solstice deals with darkness. So more of the ritual is explained when you come there. We're not going to get into detail over that over the phone, but anybody's welcome to attend. Uh, but, again, it is a ritual of participation. Uh, definitely beneficial if you are a drummer. You'll definitely get a lot out of this ritual, um, more so. Um, but like I said, the ritual, if you, if you attend, uh, you'll see no charge for it, completely free. Uh, it's something we're doing to conjure up the energy of the ancestors. There's a lot of things we do we don't talk about openly on the air, but that's just not something we, you know, we do on, a, on an open level. But this is for everybody. Um, so if you want to draw down some of that energy that we're talking about, uh, I would definitely uh, see if you can make it out to that ritual. That's going to be in uh, Sunrise, Florida, which is Fort Lauderdale, on uh, Saturday, December 26th, uh, 1 p.m. I believe it's 1 to 4 p.m. Um, but other than that, brother, if you want to go ahead and give you closing comments and information, I just want to throw that out there real quick. Uh, this is Brother Sarge again, and uh, you can contact us on Awakening Universal Mind on our Facebook page. And also you can contact me personally at asargidi at yahoo.com, A-U-S-A-R-G-H-E-D-E, asargidi at yahoo.com. Or you can also contact my Facebook, asargidi, on Facebook. And my closing comment, and I got to make this comment because, you know, even I had a problem with it at one time, but it's okay. Understand this. It's okay to enjoy a, a life on earth. Understand that shit. It's okay. It's okay to go golfing. It's okay to play football. It's okay to watch football. It's okay to watch baseball. It's okay to do these types of activities. It's, and also... It's okay to educate yourself in the system. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with going to college. You know, you, you know what kills me is you listen to these pro-black men. 
They talk all this shit about ancient, ancient chemist this, ancient chemist that. You know, the first this, the first that. But then these are the same niggas that choose not to educate themselves in their own society. But education to the ancient Egyptians was very important. That's right. So it's like you you going against the flow. If you if you are in that Egyptian flow, you know, and I say this, it's 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 okay to educate yourself. It's okay, you know. And yes, I'm not saying, you know. If if school is not for you, then it's not for you. But I'm just saying, it's okay to educate yourself. You know, I'm not saying you go to the university, they're going to teach you the truth about yourself. That's not the shit that I'm saying. Remember, you still live on motherfucking earth, nigga. Well, brother, you can't beat the system. If you, you can't beat the system if you don't know the system. See, that's what people keep forgetting. Exactly. So, so you got to do what those motherfuckers did, how they took over. Anywhere where we cultivated, they infiltrated. They came in there, disguised themselves, and they mastered all the principles of those cultures and civilizations, and then they took the shit over. See, we want to sit here and, and talk this revolution shit, but we got to be intelligent and slick like they were. So we need to send some motherfuckers to college and school and get that information and that system of how they do things because then we can set up our own systems that are adverse to it. So you can't tell that's motherfuckers... The, yeah. That's the fucking point right there. That is the core point. You know, we could talk all this shit about white men this, the white man that is, but guess what, nigga? If you ain't an educated doctor, if you're not an educated lawyer, if you're not an educated businessman, you just talking motherfucking shit, nigga. That's all you're doing. You just well, that's different jabbing off of bullshit. I mean, you can get up if you want to change how some become an African professor and you can incorporate some of your knowledge into what they're teaching and get that you, point you, across. You, you can even open your own educational institution, nigga. Did you know that? If, and don't if say you're that passionate about it. That's right. And, and and people have done it. You can look at Dr. Ron Karengi. He's done it. You can look at Dr. Ben. He's part of major universities. I mean, the list goes Dr. Jeffrey Scott. All these people are prominent scholars in universities that have an influence to a certain extent. They had to get up into the system. And you know how many people they awakened by going in on that method and, and woke people up to the truth? So anybody that sits there and tells you, that's a stupid motherfucker. And I guarantee the people that are telling you that shit, their life is all fucked up. They broke as shit. They ain't got a dollar in their pocket. They're stupid as hell. And they want to tell you, you know, you know what, and what, what, and what not to do. System. Yeah, the and white that, man. That, that's See, it. That's the thing. That's the thing that kills me about that shit, though. It'd be the it'd be the most unsuccessful broke motherfuckers trying to tell you stay stay out of the white man's school, stay out of the white man's job, stay out of this, stay out of that. But they don't have a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. They don't have that, nothing that, to that, offer. That's that's why I had to make that comment tonight. It's okay to educate yourself. It's okay to advance in the world that you live in, nigga. You can't be all super spiritual, nigga. You got to do some shit while you on earth. You know, spirituality ain't going to tell you how to raise a family, nigga. That comes from life experiences. Spirituality ain't going to tell you how to fucking, you know, operate a goddamn vehicle, nigga. It's just not going to happen. These are well, life experiences, and you have I mean, to engage in that. 
That's right. I mean, it's like it's like you said, though. Most most of those individuals, that's their crutch. That's their cop out. So it's easy just to blame you not being successful on on something outside of yourself, whether it's the white man or whatever. You'll find most unsuccessful people always have some external reason. You understand for why they're 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 not successful. They're always blaming things outside of themselves for their faults and never taking any responsibility for any of the decisions they make, any of the choices that they make, anything that they set out to do. Sometimes it's just you made a bad decision. You know what I mean? It failed. You, you take tell, it on I the chin and you move on. I tell you this too. It's like in the con in the conscious community, you know, and this is just dealing with niggas because I've dealt with the conscious community dealing with white folks. And I hate to break it to you niggas, but white folks, when they believe in something, they manifest that shit. That's right. You know what I mean? When, when they believe, when they truly believe in some shit, they opening stores, they fucking setting up institutions. You know, when, when you're dealing with the black community, and I'm not saying this to down anybody, when you deal with the black community, all we do is talk. We just run our fucking mouth. That's all we do. Or then we go up against each other. That That's the big exactly. thing now. I mean, look at the house of consciousness and, and the black Hebrew Israelites. So let, let, let's coon let's cool on national all over the Internet. So let's have a stupid-ass debate over who's right or wrong. Is it Egypt or is it the black Hebrew Israelites? Really, who gives a fuck? That's point blank. Because shit is irrelevant at the end of the day. But let's, let's, let's make a mockery of that. Like you said, white folks, how many Christian evangelists do you see on TV? Let's just use that shit for a quick example. You got all these kooks on TV, fucking um, Peter Popoff, Benny Hinn. They're all doing their own thing. They all got to hustle. You don't see them fighting amongst each other. They're all doing the same thing, but they ain't calling each other out debating. What do we do? We have all this higher knowledge, so we want to get on YouTube and have a debate. And let's just show our buffoonery and coonery. Let's play that cool you, 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 and you, know, then, you know the thing. You know the thing that fucking kills me, and it kills me to the core, niggas. You know, is niggas. We talk all of this shit about us being gods, and we're the original this, we're the original that. But we ain't manifesting shit these days. We ain't building the motherfucking thing. We just talking. Correct. I mean, here, 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 here's another one. I'm going to leave you with this because we, we could be talking about this shit until the sun comes out. Here's another debate that I find fucking comical that I see always between uh, people from the House of Consciousness and, and Black Hebrew Israelites. I saw a debate, these fuckers fighting over homosexuals in Egypt and in and, 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 <laughs> and, 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 uh in Egypt and amongst Israel, like they sit there accusing each other of both having homosexuality in their cultures. Yeah, it's been around you know, since the beginning of time. Do you? You know, it's hard to. Can they see how stupid that shit is to waste time arguing about some dumb shit like that? Dumb. My my whole point is, what is the point of that debate? One is attacking one organization about homosexuality, and the other one is attacking the other of having homosexuality. Now, I don't hear anybody going back to the essence of androgynous and hermaphrodites and hermaphrodite beings if you want to talk about sexuality and gender, and we addressed that several shows back. 
because you can go back in the cultures that predate all that shit, the Dravidians, or, the, or you can even go back to the Hindu culture, and you'll find out even Ankh-Alkantan in Egypt was a homerphodite. You got to dig deep and go back and research that and find out androgynous homerphodite beings were the first beings that incarnated on this planet. So when you're talking about sexuality, sex organs, and the preferred type of sexuality, you understand what the fuck are you really talking about? So if you want to sit here and bash homosexuality, you're a fucking idiot. Because exactly. homosexuality, sexuality, in this, has, your sexual preference has nothing to do with spirituality. Whatever you, I don't care if you want to, if you want to fuck chairs, that's your business. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that has nothing to do with one being able to elevate higher than the other. We even talked about on one show, when you go back to prominent African cultures, what we term as homosexuals, they were actually, some of them were the guardians of the gates in some of these spiritual realms. I don't even want to get into that shit tonight, but there's a whole other science and breakdown to that. So when you're having these stupidity debates, but you don't want to go to the core and the essence of it, and you want to sit here and talk about and bash homosexuals, and hey, look, all I'm saying is this. I ain't for or against either. Whatever you, that's your business. You understand? But most of these fools that are on a crusade to bash homosexuality have homosexual tendencies deep down inside. And that's the reason why they bash the shit. So they feel the need to talk about it and bash it all the time because deep down inside, they fear that they might be homosexual. You understand? That's the whole bottom line. And it's like all that energy, all that energy used to debate and do things like that. You know, if you want to sit, if you want to talk to Sarnetta all day and goddamn, you know, philosophize about shit, why don't you go to school and get you get certified as a fucking philosopher so you can make a living off of the shit that you're talking about? You know what I mean? Or you want to talk about herbs and shit, why don't you become an herbologist? That's right. You know what I mean? Why don't you... Why don't you utilize the shit that you talk about to make a, a actual living off of that shit instead of just fucking just sitting there and being deep all goddamn day? No, and that's or you or you or you are you so called you know you talk about oh you know um, well you know the scientists ain't doing this they ain't doing that they ain't called to the science well nigga why don't you become a scientist exactly. Exactly. But what the, 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 the fuck you waiting on? You know what I mean? At, exactly. But at the end of the day, here, here, here's my whole point. Okay. And again, it's great to have those forums. You know, it's great that those brothers do what they do to an extent. It becomes detrimental when it's turned into a fucking circus. Because my whole point is, what is the end that justifies the means? And we're going to have this, this, this whole debate on Egypt and the black Hebrew Israelites. I just don't see the point of it. You understand? Because when it's done, what did we really accomplish? We want to sit here and argue over over who was first. At the end of the day, nigga, before the debate started, reach into your pocket. Okay? After the (laughs) debate's over, reach into your pocket. Nothing changed, nigga. That's my whole point. We still got to walk out our front door and worry about getting shot. You understand? We still got, we're losing all of our young kids to these street gangs. We got our women still jacked up on drugs and prostituting themselves. If you ain't offering a solution to that shit, you understand, that debate shit isn't going to do it. 
Because like I said in the beginning of the show, how are you going to come at that young gang member that doesn't see a way out in life? He ain't trying to hear none of that shit. I'm telling you from experience because I go out there and talk with them all the time and deal with them all the time. And I try to come at them in a practical way because all they know is money and survival. So you can sit there and preach all that bullshit that you want. That's not practical. You understand? And see, that, that's, the, that's, and that's the problem. We have so many brilliant minds just as, you know, newbies in the West. But we have to be more practical about the shit that we talk about. You know, we got to be, you know, we got to, you know, build shit. You know, we can't just talk all day. You know, we got we got to, you know, if if you if you're a motherfucking philosopher, be that goddamn philosopher and, you know, build a philosophical class or school. Correct. Or whatever, you know, do something with your your talents, your passions and shit. You know, if your passion, understand this, passion that's not directed is just wasted energy. That's all it is. That's right. You gotta and you, you mean, gotta direct that passion, that fire. That's right, and that's that's important, man. But that's I mean, there again, that, that that when when you look at it in its essence. This is all all a distraction. And like I said, you don't see this amongst other groups. Even when we elevate to a higher level of spirituality or consciousness, there's still that divide and separation, whether it's by by ethnicity, race, or whether it's based on doctrines. Now, what we should be doing is, and this, this is just how I perceive it, when you look at all these doctrines, they all offer something to a certain extent. There's a lot of bullshit in them, but... When you look at all of them, they all have some common ground to an extent. So that should be focused on more than arguing about what they don't have. You understand? Exactly. It's like we have the ability to, you know, create solutions for what, you know, what we lack on, you know. Because I understand this, nigga. Every, you know... What you call spiritual, there's also the counterpart to that, which is the physical. That's right. And they they both work with each other. Physical shit can benefit you spiritually, just like spiritual shit can benefit you physically, but spirituality ain't going to account for everything in your life. You got to be balanced. You got to come at this shit on a multidimensional level. Understand that? You know what I mean? You, That's right. <laughs> This shit, so, I mean, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's hard, you know, and, and this is why we do this type of form right here. It, you know, you know, you may think, you know, some of you guys may think, oh, you know, these guys, they just, you know, they like to talk shit. You know, they like to say this or that. No, we're we're reality bringers. Understand that we bring in the reality of this shit. You know what I mean? That's to the right. forefront. Shit that people refuse to talk about. You know what I mean? You know, you got you got niggas that tell you all about the cosmos all day, but they, you know, after they done, after you done learning about the cosmos, you still got to go back to McDonald's and suffer somebody spitting in your face all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? After right. all this cosmology shit that you you supposedly know, it's That's a right. balance. You gotta you gotta attack this shit from more than one angle. That's right. 
So you, uh, you know, again, on that on that subject, you really have to be careful when you're talking about gender. I mean, let's let's go to the essence of it because really, you'll even find out you can be a male, and when you start contacting the higher self, you're gonna find out you might have more feminine energy that dominates your spirituality, and that that could be a wake up call to you. See, we get caught up in that shit. And we don't realize if we don't if we don't take it back to the very essence of what it represents, we can get fucked up and confused. But again, I think that's people's insecurities and fears that lash out against it, because it's something deep down with inside themselves that they are afraid again to address. So it's easy just to bash it. Now, to each his own, like I say. But you're gonna find out people that attack it more or less have a fear of it. Now, whether they're conscious of it or not. But anyway, um, once we go ahead and give you a uh, closing information, I think we're gonna we're gonna stop it there, brother, because if we don't, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, we we said what we needed to say. You know, uh, you know, you could people can take it the way any way they want. They don't give a fuck. But you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> That's right. Did you give your uh, contact information, brother? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. So I I couldn't remember. All right. Well, I'm just going to get mine if you need to contact me about anything that we uh, discussed, any of the events that I mentioned earlier, you can email me at khnum19 at gmail.com. That's khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also go on to my uh, YouTube page, uh, Mother Nubia Inc. That's Mother Nubia Inc., I-N-C., uh, type that in, a bunch of videos will come up. Uh, also, you can go to the Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page uh, where you can uh, see all the latest on the show. Uh, also, if you're new to the show, first time listening tonight, you can go back into the archives uh, and listen to all the past shows. We've done shows just about on anything you can think about, metaphysics, alchemy, uh, history. We've had many guests on the show in the past. Uh, Dr. B- uh, Edward Bruce Bynum, Dr. Jude Pukum, Phil Valentine, Brother Panic. Uh, we've got a bunch of these people on the show. You can definitely go back into the archives and, and, and take a listen to that. And if you have any questions or comments, definitely go to the Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page um, and uh, hit us up. Uh, I think we covered a large aspect. I think we'll continue this topic on the next show. Um, I think we covered a wide range. I hope this uh, helped in uh, clarifying some information. Um, you know, hopefully it can make you connect and, and maybe it, maybe it uh, puts some pieces of the puzzle together for you. Uh, so that, that's the purpose of the show. Um, so we appreciate everybody tuning in, um, and we'll definitely see you on next week's show. Have a good night. Peace. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.